Hello and welcome to the In the Can podcast. My name is Devin and I'm joined by James and Tom. And we're still a bunch of nerds sitting in a basement, still pretending that we're slightly important. How are you guys doing? All right. Yeah, it's just generally a little tired, but I think we can all agree that that's kind of the norm. Cool. I'm uh, pretty excited having uh, seen uh, this week's movie that came out. Finally, I'm Woot. not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I said before that I probably wasn't going to see it when it came out. Well, uh, for those of you who are watching this at a different time, this weekend, the one that came out, um, is Captain Marvel. Yep. Uh, I saw it. I know Tom saw it. I'm going to see it, but I just yeah, haven't. Uh, for those of you who are curious, you probably should see this before seeing Endgame. It does yeah. tie in. This um, what, the 20th? I, like, 20, 21st? 21st. Like that, that sounds about right. I'd count them all off, but I nope, don't really nope. care. <laughs> That's way too long. But I liked it. I, I enjoyed it. It's not my favorite uh, Marvel movie, but it's above the first Ant-Man. It's above the second Thor movie. It's above Incred- or, uh, yeah, Incredible Hulk. And, you know, it's probably middle of, the, middle of the round for me. I mean, it's not... I thought you were going to say above the Incredibles. It's like, okay, now we're going to have a fight. <laughs> uh, no, I like Incredibles better. but I, I would agree with that. Um, I liked it better than what I thought I was going to like, or how I thought I was going to feel about it. Definitely, a, uh, as with most Marvel movies, a good popcorn movie. Yeah. Um, okay. And yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. Going in knowing that, I'll, I'll have a better state of mind than if I'd go in. I knew I wasn't going to go in expecting like... Uh, Infinity War level of awesome, but I was yeah. like, eh, going in though, it's kind of middle of the ground. It gets what it gets what needs to be done. That actually is a little more calming. It yeah. introduces you to a character that in this movie wasn't super interesting. I don't think any of the characters in this were really interesting. the The script had a lot of issues just getting any of the characters to really stand out. I mean, Nick Fury writes himself. Because it's Samuel L. Jackson. It's, it's Jackson. Jackson uh, plays Jackson. Almost everybody else was kind of just there. Like, even Carol Danvers wasn't... She wasn't, like, the charismatic type. She wasn't, like, such of an asshole that she's likable. Kind of like Tony Stark. She's just... There. There. And it's kind of the biggest problem I had with it is that all of the characters didn't feel... There wasn't any big likable thing with any of the characters particularly. Right. She felt like she was more of just like a vehicle for story versus a little bit, being, yeah. you know, the center of the story. Um, more so. And unfor- that's unfortunate because I really wanted to like her character. I think um, it's mostly the amnesia because she doesn't remember being a human for most of the movie. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably the biggest issue is that she felt like a blank slate. Like, quite literally, they weren't sure how to write her for the first half of the movie. Uh, that's fair. About halfway through the movie, and we won't say much after this point in the movie, about halfway through the movie, her character got really interesting. Yes. And almost everything got really interesting after they kind of dropped the, like, we're hiding twists type thing. Okay. Good um, to know. But the first half of the movie... I love Samuel Jackson. The de-aging <laughs> on Samuel Jackson is flawless. Yes. Like, all the way through, I I honestly was, like, near the end of the movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's not that young. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coulson was a little wonky at times. He yeah. appears here and there, and he's a little bit more obvious. Yeah. Well, I think but, it's because, from what you're saying, he's a little bit more of a bit part, so they didn't spend as much time on him as they did uh, he, Jackson. 
pops up early in the movie, and then he has a really awkward set of scenes that it's revealed it's not actually him. So, you know, that's kind of fine. And then he shows up later, and just how they use him is really awkward. Almost yeah. like because the character's not always there, it's just not important. Okay. But. Yeah. Overall, though, like like I was saying, it, it's a good movie to just sit there and, and watch and enjoy. Don't overthink. Yeah. Yeah. Don't overthink it. Don't and expect to walk into like a, an action epic. No, and the other thing yeah. that I found best when I went into it was leave all preconceptions at the door. Um, anything that yeah. you might know about the comics or anything like that, leave it at the door too. Yeah, they throw out all, a whole lot of the comics. It's, okay, okay. It's okay. following the true MCU theme of we're making our own storyline for the movies. Yeah, I was about to say, Tom, it's like that's pretty much standard for Marvel movies. Yeah. Yeah. Which and is fine with me. Yeah. Well, it's just another universe in the comic universe, as it were. It's another. It's another universe in the multiverse. Yeah. Yep. That's that's all I've always kind of thought of it past a certain yeah. point. Six point five. Anyway, um, the other thing <laughs> is, whatever you have against any of the particular say actresses in the movie, just go see the damn movie. Yeah. Make your own opinion about it. Don't bomb reviews just because you don't like an actress. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. That's the biggest thing I have right now against a whole lot of the stuff around Captain Marvel is that just people are fucking stupid. Agreed. That's not exactly like, a surprise, though. Like, Brie Larson, sure, she might be a little into herself, but she's an actress. That's kind of to be expected. Yeah. Um, and, and if nothing else, like, there's a whole lot of people that worked really hard on this film, yeah, even beyond her, that, like, you can see, yeah, uh, I think they said that over 15,000 jobs like were created... The, They've just been having for that little, this film. They've been having that little mark at the end of the movies, noting how many. Yeah, and I'm sorry, but when you can put 15,000 people into work, yeah. um, like, that's an amazing thing to me. And all the people that worked on it, like, they, they had to have worked hard to do, to pull off as beautiful as a film this was. Because there was a lot of really beautiful shots and everything Especially like that. Especially near the, in the second half of the movie. Yes. The first half, the stuff on, uh, Hera? Hala. Hala. The stuff on Hala was great, but once it got to got to Earth, it was like, eh. It was Earth. <laughs> yeah. Hey, welcome to Earth. Welcome so to Earth it, in the it 90s. It kind of reminded me, the first half oh, reminded me of worse. Guardians. The middle third of it reminded me of, like, the first four, and then the ending reminded me of, like, a good Superman, a good, like, Superman <laughs> Guardians oh, crossover. Oh, crap, that just reminds yeah. me. When's that movie coming out? I'm th- sorry, I'm thinking of something else. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Good. The other thing, this has the best Marvel logo I've seen. Yes. Uh, it's all Stan Lee based. It's all of his cameos. In, oh. Instead of like showing Captain America and Iron Man and Thor, oh, and it's Hulk all and all, all of the opening logo is all Stan Lee, and then it says for Stan. Yep. That's it's nice. just a very nice, very nice dedication to him. Yeah. Uh, similar to the ending of Spider Verse with the. The glasses and his quote. Yep. So, so not gonna lie, I actually uh, it, it tugged at my heartstrings seeing it. Huh. I was like, man, uh, that that was classy. I can totally dig it. I'm really curious to see because I know that his end game, that's his final cameo. Yeah. Fitting. Um. So I'm really curious to way. see that. Yeah. I think that's his final cameo because I don't think they were shooting uh, Far From Home yet. So. I don't think so. Could yeah. be wrong. Again, it's also kind of fitting considering the name. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But 
yeah, I ultimately enjoyed Captain Marvel. It just had a lot of script flaws, and it was one of the weaker written movies. So, yeah. again, middling Mar- Marvel movie. Yeah. Not just horrible, but definitely watchable. Still very enjoyable, just nothing, like, mind-blowing. You know, not... That's fine. Winter Soldier was phenomenal. First Civil Iron Man War still was holds. phenomenal. The first Iron Man was phenomenal. Two and three were pretty solid. It's about so it's, on it's par with those. about to say, it's kind of on par with those. It's on par with those, but without the, the tight script and the, you know, the kind of really, really pseudo-likable main character, because... Carol Danvers is not the most likable character. No. Okay. Very serious, very, like, just doesn't understand human interaction. <laughs> it's not so Spider-Man it's, 3. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely better than Spider-Man 3 and both Amazing Spider-Man, so. It would be like <laughs> watching an entire movie of Vision. Huh. Okay, you know what? That actually doesn't sound horrible. Well, I'd watch an entire movie of Paul Bettany. I mean, that's a whole well, different I mean, issue. That's a whole different issue, yeah. though. But I mean, like it's Paul. It's 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 a vision when he first goes. When humans first are goes. weird. Yeah. Okay. It's it's, yeah. it's 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 the Age of Ultron vision. Yeah. yeah. Age of no. Ultron vision. But I still say Samuel Jackson and Brie Larson are great together. Oh yeah. They work together that's before, good. so and it it definitely shows. Yeah. I'm. I'm it's always good where, if nothing else, the chemistry between the characters you can believe and enjoy. Yeah. That's that's at least a, a selling point for me. I do wish that they didn't kind of solo or, like, solo a Star Wars story or prequel it a bit. Because there's a few times where they purposely give you things that you're like, oh, okay, that's a thing that just happened. Cool, I guess. Yeah. And you they kind of force feed Yeah, they force feed little things to you. And I'm like... Uh, just make your own story. Stop tying in stuff. But yeah, it, I, I, think that's that's also, I think that's also a bit. Sorry, I think that's also a big problem with uh, like the middling kind of Marvel movies that it tries too hard to tie into everything. Yeah, like Age of Ultron having Thor and the the Infinity Stone having bath visions. It's like what? Okay, like weird they, scenes that don't really seem to have a place other than to tie into the greater narrative. Yeah, when it could be better suited for the actual narrative. Yeah, it's one of those that I see why certain things are in the movie, but it's also not always needed. Yeah, so. I think it, a lot of cases, those details could be just, well, yeah, sure, it's nice to know, but if you really want to know, there's this wonderful comic book that we've made it's made specifically for the movie. Yeah, the Prelude series and all that. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Like, uh, to fill in those small gaps and holes and things. For, like, those super detailed-oriented people who need to know this information. Yeah. But for the rest of you who are just fine going, well, it happens. That's good enough for me. The movie should have been about get introducing you to Captain Marvel, and it felt more like we're introducing you to the concept of where she's coming from. Yeah. That's, instead of her. That almost sounds... That sounds bass-ackwards. Like... Just a little bit. You learn more about tilted. the Kree and the Skrull battle than you do about Carol Danvers. Yeah. Oh, that and seems wrong. I think she says her name is Carol once in the entire movie, so it's like, okay. But she never says her last name, and it's that kind of thing, like, you want to associate Carol Danvers to Captain Marvel, and you never quite get that connection. Yeah, because she doesn't say her name, but she if I'm not mistaken... She says it late in the movie. Well, I mean, her like her last name? Oh, yeah, she does. She never says her, never says her last name. No, uh, it's uh, her uh, the people who she associates with who do. Oh, and they're getting it wrong. It's Carol. It's Carol Denver. Idiot. Or beers. Uh, I really did like Lashana Lynch as uh, Maria Rambo. Yeah. She her she, something felt off about the character, but I thought like I liked their interactions. 
Yes. So. Okay. And then I liked the the daughter uh, Monica Rambeau. And she then was big in the comics. And then, uh, um, yeah, just just overall, I, I liked. So in other words, enjoyable. Just don't go in expecting a masterpiece. Yeah, seven out of ten, six out of ten. You know, it's it's fun. Lower end for Marvel, but honestly, it's pretty good. It's better than most of the stuff that the other big comic company has cranked out lately. <sighs> That's but a again, whole other issue. Not saying much. Uh, uh, ben Mendelsohn, I really liked his character in this. I liked him. Uh, it kind of bothered me at times because I knew that he was the villain. And there were times where I'm like, all right, that's a... So, well, there's the villain. <laughs> yeah. There's decisions you've made. So. But <laughs> it's on screen. It has Ben Mendelsohn. He is a villain. <laughs> but yeah, it, <laughs> I enough. knew a little bit too much about the story going into it. Um, yeah. And that's just because I just knew too much about various characters and who they are in the comics. And they did take that kind of stuff. So, But I enjoyed it. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Yep, I'll probably see it again before uh, Endgame. Yeah, same here. Just to Refresh. maybe I'll, maybe it'll like leave a better taste in my mouth. I'll second. probably end up seeing it tomorrow morning. I have a few others. I still want to see Greta. Yeah. All right. What other movies have you seen this week? Oh, I've seen I've seen a lot. <laughs> I rather I I've seen three, enjoyed the crap out of them. Tried to watch two. And just stopped a third of the way through because like this is boring, and the last one. Well, what are these movies that okay. you're referencing? Uh, the the three that I watched that I enjoyed were Scanner Darkly, The Departed, okay. and Hateful Eight. Okay. Okay. All of those I enjoyed immensely for different reasons since they're three, I'd almost say wildly different movies. Yeah. yeah I'd say those are different. Yeah. A Scanner Darkly is the one that actually surprised me how much I enjoyed it. Cause it's a, it's a drug fueled introspection look, and it was it was crazy. Yeah, Scanner Darkly, the animation style is a little off putting at times. So it's rotoscoped over real people, yeah. and it it works it, it for works, the movie, yeah. it's, but it's also every so often like it'll go from really really detailed and almost like uh, like an oil painting kind of look to. N64 graphics. Yeah, it kind of goes all over the place. And, and again, it works for it because it's also, it's a drug trip nightmare. Yeah, Richard Linklater did a similar thing with this movie, Waking Life. Yeah, I think that was a short. Waking Lives or something yeah. like that. I know and exactly what one you're talking about. It it works, but it's also really off-putting, which is kind of the point for the yeah. movie. So. And I can honestly say, like, all the performances, and it, there were some big names, too. Woody Harrelson... Keanu Reeves, uh, Robert Downey Jr. when he was starting to get over his uh, his over addiction. His, yeah, his addiction. He decided, let's do a movie about drugs. And it kind of... And he, he was also someone who stole a lot of scenes he was in. Yeah. He was enjoyable. But, uh, like I said, The Departed and Hateful Eight, I enjoyed them both a lot, too. It's... <laughs> Hateful Eight, you gotta... It, that's a bit of a tough one at, at times, because you gotta... You gotta go in knowing there's gonna be a lot of, uh, of gore and fun, and just not really be hung up on anything from yeah. nowadays, because yeah. it's set after the Civil War. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of language thrown around that would not fly today. <laughs> yeah, well, depending on what state you're in. Yeah, the two I I tried to watch and couldn't were The Third Man and Dark City. They're older films, especially The Third Man with Orson Welles, but. They're proto-examples of a genre that's been done a lot better over the years. Yeah. 
And the one that I, I found it hard to watch entirely through, though I did enjoy, was The Machinist. Because, oh my god, if A Scanner Darkly is kind of a light romp through the drug field horror, uh, Machinist is definitely an introspective look at the darkest parts of humanity's imagination. Yeah, it's also Christian Bale after a really weird you know, diet. Oh my god. Loss of 60 pounds. He did that between the Batman Begins and Dark Knight. I think it was before Batman Begins. No, he did that no, after Batman. He dropped like 60, 70 pounds after Batman to did Machinist and then came back for uh, Dark Knight. Yeah, I know he I, I know he dropped bulked uh, it dropped and then bulked really <laughs> fast between movies, but I I'm not sure I I want to say it was you could very well be right. You you would have more knowledge on that than me, but I almost want to say it's bef- it's like after the fighter, before uh, Batman Begins. <coughs> I believe but, the fighter was after, after Dark Knight Rises. Okay, I could very well be wrong, but all I know is that it was creepy for a number of reasons. One, because there was no CG involved with that physicality; that was him, <coughs> and also because it was Christian Bale sold the hell out of, out of his role. Yeah. Yeah. You, Tom? Aside from uh, the Captain Marvel? Um. No, I. I mm. <laughs> uh, actually, Machinist came out in 2004. Okay, I knew it was um, a horror one. Batman Begins was 2005. Hmm. Dark Knight Rises. Or The Dark Knight was 2008. Um, when did the fighter come out then? The fighter. <laughs> I want to say that was two thousand two, two thousand three, uh, two thousand ten. Okay, I was wrong on that one. So but before, <laughs> uh, he lost sixty pounds between Public Enemies in two thousand nine, and uh, to do the fighter, and then the Flowers of War in twenty eleven. Um, okay, that's where I'm thinking of the the drop drop and gain. But he dropped for Machinist, and then gained for Batman Begins. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, because Machinist came out in 2004. Equilibrium was in 2002. Yeah, but that's a long enough time. Yeah. Um, no, I, uh, as far as movies, I've kind of been out of the movie-watching game because I've been watching random stuff on History Channel. Um, <laughs> and I got into a show called Night Fight where people fight in full armor. Oh, um, I know what you're And I'm totally, about. totally down with seeing people beat the crap out of each other while dressed as knights in full armor. Um, and it's cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I watched that. And then um, uh, there was a movie that I actually saw through one of the streaming services for movies that is available for free with ads, which I'm fine with watching. Same. Um, that a friend of mine told me about that's supposed to be a really bad sci-fi called Iron Sky. Uh, oh, that I want to watch. I heard of that. I've seen the Russian it. You're talking about voodoo, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's where, why I watched a couple. <laughs> where we get to see uh, about the uh, end of World War II, Nazis go and take over, uh, set up a moon base on yeah, the dark side of the moon. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've seen that movie. I think it's like 60 or 80 years later, or 60 years later, they come back to the U.S. and start a war, uh, war and uh, Palin's president. Yep. Okay. Yep. But and yeah, it's like I, yep. I think I'm gonna start having more movies to talk about every week because I get like times I'm I'm with three different streaming sites and 
I've got a lot of time at work. And I found out, too, that uh, through my Prime service that you get IMDb has a uh, free movie streaming thing that you can do, too, Yep. with ads. So I'm like, oh, super, I'm going to do this as well. So now, technically, I have, I have five different streaming services that I'm going through, not including my normal cable provider. Screw cable. HBO. <laughs> Just streaming. Yeah, I haven't streaming. watched anything on cable in years. Game of Thrones is starting up in a, a month, so that's Oh, boy. Thing. Yeah. I'll so watch that, and then I'll probably I'll be watching the cable. six episodes of that, and then... I might dr- just drop cable completely. Well, I plan on it. I'll keep the internet. I like the internet part. Yeah. <laughs> I'll drop the home phone. <laughs> yeah, like, same. It, like, the internet's the best, the best course for me, just because I don't watch TV. But anyway, that's what we've watched, and... Uh, apart from Captain Marvel, I watched just a bunch of random-ass... I watched a lot of movies I've already seen, so I'm not going to bother mentioning this. But I saw Deadly Detention. Uh, yeah, it's a. It was something I wanted to turn on in the background about a bunch of people that were put in a prison instead of a school for detention. It's really bad, really, really stupid. That sounds okay. bad. Has like a fun, attractive cast, but then everyone in the movie's a moron. So. Uh, then I watched Seven in Heaven, which I was like, "Well, that sounds cool." They go into a. It's the seven minutes in heaven. They go okay. in, and then they wake up in a different dimension. I'm like, or they come out of the thing in a different dimension. I'm like, that's cool, I guess. It was a fun idea. It's just the rest of the movie was kind of like lacking. It starts off Narnia, ends up. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has some really cool ideas. It's just you can so, tell it's a low budget movie that just ran out of. So oh, it sucks. Starts off thirteen, going on thirty, ends up Narnia. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I finally got around to watching Grumble the Toro's Mimic. How was, How that? was that? I, I really that liked it. Uh, it. You could see his touches all the way through the movie. Like, going down into the into the subway system, the creature design. It all felt like part of like Hellboy's world, which was pretty cool to me. Um, nice. I enjoyed it. it. It was not one of his best movies, but it was definitely an early Del Toro, and you could tell that he was finding his style. You could tell that his style sprouted from it. So, very cool. Uh, then I also watched Vox Lux with. Uh, How was that? Oh man. Uh, well, I didn't know anything about it other than that she plays a a pop star. Okay. And when it started with her as like a kid in school, and then like, oh, we're waiting on two people still, and then guy walks in. Hey, are you Miss Blank? Yeah. Okay, and then shoots her in the face. It's like, oh, what? God, okay. What's going on? <laughs> and then uh, the main character, is sh- Celeste, is shot in the neck. And it's like, oh, hey, I didn't think this started with a school shooting. Okay. And then she writes a song to commemorate the people that fell in the school shooting. And that gets her popular. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> and then she becomes popular... And, like, ultimately it's 9-11 is what gives her second boost. And then it's like, oh, that's what kind of movie this is going to be. <laughs> and then it cuts to 17 years later, and it's Natalie Portman now. And she's great. The movie, like, overall is really well acted. It's just, wow. Don't go in expecting happy, happy heart feels, right? Yeah, don't go in expecting A Star is Born. Because the first scene is a, is a kid blowing his teacher away and then shooting a bunch of children. It's like, oh, my God. Okay. That's a hard like, sell. Like, it was a good movie. It was just one of those that was not what I was expecting. 
That is a hard sell. So. But wow. Yeah. So that was that's a thriller. Hey, segue. Uh, <laughs> coming out. Yeah. <laughs> I do apologize, anyone listening. I am a little sick, so I, I might be coughing. I'm trying to move away from the microphone, but you might pick me up. He's trying not to die. Yeah, trying not to die. Um, this week coming out, uh, we have the wonderful Wonder Park, which nobody wants to see, and Captive State, which I'm curious about. I'll probably see it because there's nothing else coming out. Yeah, that looks I have, interesting. I have heard of neither of these. It's the director of Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, yeah. That means nothing to me. I yeah. haven't watched it. Do you, know, you know what I saw? I saw a bit of the Mark Wahlberg one, the remake of the old... Not that, as bad as people say. Tim Burton. Yeah, that's that's the one I know. Kind of. Had a, a lot, lot of decent stuff in it, just not the greatest. Yeah. So anyway, that those are the two coming out this week. Uh, not a whole lot of buzz. Captain Marvel's going to... Sp- like destroy the weekend. Oh yeah, it's gonna be on the big Which weekend. Which it deserves to. Uh, I, I wanted to make money so that the MCU continues to go. Um, Thought it was rather appropriate that it did come out on uh, International Women's Day. Just yeah. saying. I'm wondering if they planned that. I'm, I'm sure there's a Deadpool sure joke did. in there somewhere. <laughs> but with this week not really having any big movie that we can make a like top five, uh, we kind of decided last week to do thrillers. This one was tough. I will say, because uh, what's your definition finding of a that, thriller? <laughs> finding that balance between action, thriller, and horror is tricky. Well, thrillers really like horror and action are pretty easily definable. Uh, yeah. Thriller is the kind of ambiguous one I find. Thriller is kind of in the middle between the two. Not like big action set pieces, you know. Not like James Bond riding riding a, a parachute down a, a tsunami. You know, that kind of stuff. That's that's definitely action. Well, I, horror, pretty obvious. Yeah. Though some horror can also be called thrillers. Yeah, well, no, the, the, so. I, I said this to you earlier before before we started, and I'll say it here again. I classify thriller more as a whodunit, as, a, as not necessarily a mystery, because that's its own, that is its own genre, but more of a kind of people are working towards an answer. Yeah. Which is why... James Bond, it doesn't work. You know who the bad guy is. You know how it's going to play out. That's yeah. it's fine. It's fine because of that. Yeah. But a question where kind of it's like, what's going on? Who's done this to me? That I'll go more like, honestly, even though I hated it, <laughs> I'll go with the third man. That's a thriller. It's yeah. kind of a thriller who's mystery. done this to my friend? Who's done this to my friend? How, what do I need to find to clear his name? That's a thriller to me. So Thriller was kind of a tricky... Like, I got a list of 30-plus movies, and I'm like, eh, most of these are thrillers. I don't know. I had uh, about a dozen on mine. I have a few I took off, because I'll probably do them for if we do a horror one. And knowing the future, I get the feeling we're going to be doing a horror list soon. Huh. Wait, do you know the future? I do. <laughs> I can see the future. <laughs> yeah. But uh, without any further ado, let's jump into our top five thrillers, because we're already half an hour in. Um, oh, who wants to start? You know what? Let's start with the weird ones first. Hi, Devin. Hi. Yeah, I'm gonna say mine are all gonna be not weird. I have a few in here that are definitely like, oh, okay, yeah. Yours are not the normal people would think. Let's go with that. I'll say my number five is actually two movies. They're the same movie. <laughs> Cheater. They're the same movie. I just can't decide which one I like better. Fair enough. Mm. 
Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Okay. I love the original Swedish one directed by Niels Arden Opliv. I thought that was great. I loved uh, Nomi Rapace as uh, Slander. I also really like David or David Fincher's version in America. So it's kind of that weird. I like both of them. Okay, I suddenly understand why you said what you said before. I genuinely loved both of the movies. Okay. So, and I feel like David Fincher's is a little bit more production value to it, more production design, more like it's a little bit solider. Mm-hmm. But the original one is the original one, so it's kind of that that mix. I would love to see Daniel Craig in a movie with Nomi Rapace as and like those two mixed together. Because as much as I like uh, Rooney Mara as um, Salander. I prefer Nomir Pase. Okay, I will yeah. say this as having not, not not seen either. You said the the, the American one is more production, understandably yeah. in a way. Would you say that because of that, the Finnish one was a little more intimate? Swedish. Um, Swedish. Sorry, the Swedish one was a little bit colder, uh, mostly because of the way Swedish cinema is. It's more detached, and like it, you don't get into the characters as much, which helps, but. Uh, it's also, it doesn't have the, like, Hollywood okay. polish, is kind of what I meant. Oh, okay, okay. Like, right, right. Uh, David Fincher, who did um, Social Network, and I get the feeling he might pop into a couple of other people's lists, potentially. He's a absolutely phenomenal director, and this was absolutely perfect for him. It's just one of those... It's not an easy movie to watch at all, so... <laughs> and the American one's a little bit easier to watch than the Swedish one. Not just because of subtitles, but because of the... The Swedish delves a little bit more into the dark side of it compared to the American. Okay, so, so. again, kind of like The Machinist, why, why I had a hard yeah. time with that. It's a, yeah. it's a hard watch. Yeah, but I absolutely loved both Dragon Tattoos. Cool. The sequels, uh, Girl Played with Fire and Girl Kicked the Hornet's Nest, are a little weaker. And the new Girl in the Spider's Web was... As much as I like Claire Foy, that movie was a train wreck. Ouch. So, but, yeah. Have you seen either of them, Tom? I've seen Girl with the Dragon, uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the American version. That's David Fincher. Yep. Um, I liked it the first time I watched it. The <laughs> second time I watched it was like, I think two days later. Yeah. And I just finished working a nine-hour shift during the holidays at the movie theater. And let's, needless to say, half an hour in, I fell asleep. So and I woke up just in time for the, um, the, the butt sex scene. Oh, okay. So <laughs> yeah. that was like, oh, well, that's a, that's a, there's a pick me up. Like I said, it's not an easy movie to but yeah, it's no, one of those I mean, that, to me, is definitely thriller. It's not an action movie. It's not no, a horror movie. No, it's definitely a it's thriller. It's definitely a thriller. It's a, a crime thriller. And but. I really enjoyed it. I thought that it was very well done. Oh, yeah. Um, I would have liked to have seen the other ones. I just haven't gotten around to seeing them. Uh, two and three are pretty weak compared to the first. They're, they're still good, and Nomir Pase is phenomenal. Uh, she is always good as Salander, but... It's it's a very hard movie to watch, hard series. It's not 
it doesn't hold your hand. It just is like this is happening now. Yeah. So, so which is good occasionally, but yeah. as I said, I have not seen either. Mainly because when it came out, it wasn't my cup of tea, and honestly, it's still not really my cup of tea. Yeah, it it's one that I I read the book uh, before seeing the movies, and I loved the book. It kind of dragged here and there, but I then the movie came out and it didn't drag at all, and I'm like, this is awesome. That's cool. So they cut out the stuff that wasn't needed, and they just it worked. So nice. And Dan, David Fincher one is ups everything. You know, just as far as like how the movie was made, just everything was better. Um, I just still kind of prefer the Swedish version, so, and that's understandable. Yeah, but cool. So my number five is Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, either American or Swedish. Doesn't really matter. Okay, cool. Tom, you want to go? Sure. Um, my number five is uh, the perennial classic of Rear Window. Nah, nothing. I got nothing on that one. Okay. What is it about, my friend? So, Rear Window is about a gentleman who, um, after an accident, becomes uh, paraplegic. And uh, mm. the only way that he can really connect with the world is by looking out the rear window of his apartment, which happens to look upon an apartment across an alleyway. Um, and he starts to notice, as time goes by the lives of other people and notices what he believes to be a murder take place. And so having, if I'm not mistaken, having been a former cop, I think it was, uh, he ends up having the urge to investigate and do something about this and it gets him into some trouble. So, uh, it's Alfred Hitchcock at some of his finest, Hitchcockiest. <laughs> yes, uh, at some of his Hitchcockiest, um, and uh, it's just—it it was something I watched growing up. Um, my mother introduced me to a lot of um, older films when I was a kid, and this is one that just stuck with me. And I was very fortunate in high school and a couple of college classes to have to uh, watch this for various reasons. Uh, and revisit it several times, so uh, it just reinforced how much I liked it. And when we got a chance to do thrillers, this came up, and I was like, "Oh, I, this has to make my list." Cool. So. I I really liked uh, Rear Window. I will say that its pseudo remake made my made my short list. Yep, there we go. <laughs> this I will I will say I didn't recognize the name Tom, uh, but the second you started describing it, I was like, "Oh." Oh, this movie. I remember this movie. One of my honorable mentions is Disturbia, which is a pseudo-remake. It's one of those that I just enjoy. I won't lie. Not a great movie, but I enjoy it. The first thing my mind went to was the uh, Simpsons homage. Oh, yeah. This is one of those movies that has been constantly referenced in all sorts of things. Guy breaks his leg and goes stir-crazy thinking everyone's killing him. I mean... I definitely really enjoyed It's also an interesting take on what isolation can do to people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we are social creatures. <laughs> and, like, not only that, but also, too, you get to see um, James Stewart and James Grace Stewart. Kelly uh, acting, and they just do a, a phenomenal job. It came out in 1954, um, so it was a few years before I was born, but... Uh, <laughs> 
But yeah, no, it was it was a fantastic film. I just loved it. Nice. Yeah. I won't lie, my number five bounced between a couple, but the one I was initially gonna do for for it, I decided you know what can better put to use somewhere else. Okay. Uh, and my number five is actually the first Mission Impossible movie. Okay. Okay. Now, there's no argument that the, the latest couple... John Woo, number two and on, is definitely action. It is first. hardcore action, and they are great for first it. First is more of a heist, like a heist thriller. Well, the first one, yeah, it, it starts off as a heist thriller, then all of a sudden, everybody's dead. Yeah. And, and uh, Tom Cruise's character, Ethan, <laughs> is actually being suspected of it with reason. The thing is... He's all of a sudden terrified, and now he has to basically, what he always does, go rogue to try to figure out what the shit's going on. And there's just a beautiful cat and mouse with so much different stuff. And when it's finally revealed how it all went down at the end, it makes for a great callback. Because if you watch the movie again, if you rewatch it, all of a sudden all those little things that seem slightly inconsistent, boom, they suddenly make sense. And it's just such a great... It's very tense. It's very suspenseful. And while there is action per se, compared to the later ones, it is so toned down. It's far more intimate because of it. Yeah, I... It's been a while since I watched the first Mission Impossible. It's one of the... I don't think I have it on DVD, which is the only reason I haven't watched it multiple times. But... I really do enjoy it whenever I do see it. Yeah, it ramps up the action slowly because it starts off as just kind of the the normal oh, yeah. James Bond debonair uh, kind of spy thing, and it slowly builds, slowly builds until the end. You don't question the fact that a helicopter got dragged by a train into a tunnel. Yeah, <laughs> you, you don't question that. Physics kind of screw around at the Physics end. Physics say bye bye, but like I said, because it ramps up so slowly and so well timed. You don't question that because, yeah, we're getting the big action scene. Yeah. Which was then the foundation for every other Mission Impossible. Yeah. But I like the fact that it brings that spy and that political thriller thing going in because of the fact that his whole thing is dealing with, like, spying on the world politics level. Oh, yeah. And I think that bringing that political intrigue in is really, at the core of everything, uh, what those movies try to encompass even though they've become more action oriented and i think that that was a good pick oh yeah the first one the oh, first wow. one laid the ground the ground for it because yes he's trying to figure out who killed his whole team and tried to kill him and or try to set him up but he's also juggling the original mission on top of like three other things like who can he trust of the new people he's had to get to complete the mission? It's like there's like five balls in the air that he has to keep track of, and it is amazingly well done. I forgot that it was directed by Brian De Palma. Mm. Oh wow, a solid director. So yeah, that's that's my number five. I I, I will still if it's honest, like oh cool, Mission Impossible. Cool. So that's usually not the one that's on TV. Let's no. move on to four then. Who wants to start? Okay. Okay, we'll get the weird ones, and we'll get to me, which yeah, is conventional. Yeah, this one's the weird one. Uh, well, it's a 2009 Iranian thriller <laughs> directed by Asghar Farhadi Checkmark that called film school. About Ellie. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. So, I'm is it gonna, about Ellie? I'm going to assume <laughs> you don't know Ellie. anything about it. I know nothing Never about it. Never heard of it. Devin, what's I have it about? A, <laughs> I have a brief 
This is what happens. A young teacher disappears while on a vacation with three middle-class families to the coast of northern Iran. Yep. So the, the overall idea of this is that three, three couples, I believe they, they might have a kid or two. It's been a while since I've actually watched the movie. And their friend, Ellie, go to like this summer home kind of on a, on a lake. And about ten minutes in, Ellie just disappears. Never a good situation. The entire movie is this group of friends trying to figure out, well, what the hell happened to her? And then also trying to figure out, well, who the hell was she? Because, like, they know her, but they they don't fully know who she was. So it's all, like, Uh trying to figure out who she was, what happened to her. Other characters kind of come into the story trying to figure out, well, did you do anything to her? And it's ultimately, like... The it's a a big mystery thriller about what happened to this girl, and it's one of those that I saw at the film festival. Not surprising, and it was easily one of my favorites of the year. Uh, absolutely blew me away. Like, just completely surprised me with how much I liked it. Uh, it's just one of those that it's extremely obscure, so I'm not surprised nobody's heard of it, and it's. It's always stuck with me as one of those that I've absolutely loved. I've watched it a few times since, and it still has that very odd sense of like tension all the way through the movie. When nobody's like really freaking out, but when they do freak out, it's all of a sudden like, oh my god, okay. All these actors are really good. The director, uh, Asghar Verhadi, has actually done A Separation. He's done some other really, really good uh, thrillers. So he's just a very solid director, but this is like that first low-budget one that nobody's heard of. And it was one of the first that I saw with one of my friends at the festival, and I just absolutely loved it, and I've loved it ever since. Cool. So this one actually kicked off an even lower-budget movie that was on my list. <laughs> that it will be my special mention. I'll mention that before we go into honorable mentions. But How but, can you do it for so little? <laughs> yeah. Well, that one, the other one I could tell. This one... Felt like a bunch of friends up at a, like, hey, we have this cool place to film. Let's make a movie. So, it, And that's not a bad thing. Just overall, it really impressed me. And it's one that I'm like, nobody's ever heard of this movie. So, go you're, see About Ellie. <laughs> it's on Vudu. You're, you're uh, going to put it to the world. It's like, yeah, see it. go see About Ellie. That's it's also a what I like. Phenomenal movie from, what year? 2009. That's also what I like about this, is that we get to we get to expose our, our good picks. And honestly, some... Some of them are going to be not necessarily the mainstream. Yeah. So we get to... I think I have... My next two kind of dip into the mainstream. They at least have known actors. You're, you're also going to be the one of the three of us who's going to mostly talk about stuff that's not on the main walk. Yeah. I, and I kind of want, wanted to show off the... About Ellie because, like, I know nobody's heard of it. But I want people to go and see this movie. It's such a damn good movie. You know what? I think we'll actually have to add that to yeah, my it's, list of watching. It's a very slow-paced movie. That's like, not a bad it's thing. Not, it's tense and it's slow-paced, but it's so well done. So, and it's about yeah. Ellie? About Ellie. E-L-L-Y. Okay. Oh, okay. They added a Y at the end. Not As in here, you've earned yeah. the Ellie badge. Yeah. Well, because I don't get that reference, here you go, Tom. You're up next. You're number oh, four. Thanks. Thanks for letting me go up next. Segway! Um... The uh, my number four pick uh, is representing another country as well. Um, mine is representing uh, the origin country of France. Mm. 
Okay. Um, Dirty French. <laughs> I could probably guess it. Mine is Leon the Professional. Okay, I've heard about this. It came one. out in Never 1994. Actually it. Yep, came out in 1994. Starring Jean Reno, Gary Oldman, and Natalie Portman. It's a second Jean Reno film. Um, it's like Natalie Portman that was mentioned today, too. Yep. <laughs> uh, Leon the Professional um, is a professional assassin after her, uh, who ends up taking in a young girl named Matilda, who's 12, whose parents get killed because of uh, having drugs for a crooked cop. Oh, Joyce. Yeah. Um, and uh, she starts All to build up an unusual relationship with him um, and uh, becomes his protege and starts learning the assassin trade. Um, it's a brilliantly done movie, in my opinion, uh, just because it has a really good cast. Um, the... Acting is just, it, it's fun to watch, even in like the darker moments of the film. Um, it, you sit there and go, okay, I, I can, I can get behind this. Um, and you, when Jean Renault, who's the assassin, is like getting down to business, you see him being this very like surgical tool that has a set way of doing that. Uh, things, and he's 100%. I, I, I do it this way, I'm clean, I get in, I get out, I do it. Um, and when I do things like I strike the fear of God into people, um, and then as he's starting to like take on like Natalie Portman's character and teach her how to do things, like he actually like his frozen heart starts to like thaw a bit and he starts to become a little squishy. Um, <laughs> Not which, too much, but squishy. <laughs> yeah. Which could be to his detriment at some point in the future. But, uh, it, for right now it's, it's like, okay, how are you going to balance this one? <laughs> and then Gary Oldman just rocks that tater out of the park. Let me tell you. Well, he's one, he's another one that's like, Oh, Gary Oldman always tends to knock it out of the park no matter yeah. what he's Gary doing. Gary Oldman is a great chameleon. Yeah. I mean, you don't see Gary Oldman. You see the character. And then you yeah. later realize, oh, shit, that's Gary Oldman. Yeah, and, like, you sit there and you see him, like, going into this thinking that he's going to be, like, supposed to be one of the good guys. And then you're sitting there going, where did that come from? And how do you play a psychopath so well? Um, and it's really, it's just really good. I will say it. It it's kind of on my, on my peripheral. I'm curious about it, especially because I enjoy a lot of the hitman kind of style movies. They're very interesting to me because the take on morality and all that sort of stuff. But the the most thing I know about this are the references made to it in Resident Evil Four. Hmm. The high the hardest difficulty is called professional. Your character's named Leon, and his special gun is the Matilda. Yeah. So it's it's very subtle jokes. I <laughs> That's enjoyed a, the movie. It's been a while since I've watched it, so I, I don't remember a whole lot about it, but Fair. I did enjoy it. Alright, so. so that was my number four. My number four is actually one of the ones I watched this week, A Scanner Darkly. Alright. I'd call it a thriller because you're trying... I'd say that's a thriller. Yeah, because... That's a drug-fueled <laughs> It's a drug-fueled... Me- and the twist at the end, my god. I eventually... 
when it's revealed who he's reporting to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because the he uh, Keanu Reeves' character is an undercover cop sent to infiltrate uh, just drug addicts to find the dealers. Well, the undercover cops all wear something. I think it's what's called a scanner skin suit? suit. Skin suit? Scatter suit? Scanners. I want to say scanner suit just because that makes sense. Yeah. Or the, like something like that. The whole like reason that. they did the... The animation for it is... Yeah, because it, you're, it's like you're looking at a 64... Uh, like an Ent- a Nintendo 64 GoldenEye character constantly sh- shifting yeah. and changing. And it's amazing. But all the undercover cops and who the cops report to, their uh, their bosses, they don't know who they're actually talking to. It, that's, it's all code names and stuff. So you have all that, and then it turns out... And I'm going to spoil the movie because it's still just, it's so engaging. It's been out for over a year. So it has. Doing? It's been out for over 10 years, I think, at this point. But at the end, you find out that uh, the person Keanu Reeves' character is reporting to is actually his supposed girlfriend in the gang he's infiltrated. Hmm. And they specifically did it to put him in a position to get addicted and uh, just brain nuked on the drug they're trying to pin to get into the company that's taking all these burnouts because it's actually revealed that they're the ones uh, growing the dr- uh, growing the plant for the drug that they're trying to uh, get rid of. It's a whole minefield in that last 10 minutes. It's like, wait, what? And like I said earlier when I was talking about, uh, talking about it, it's the fact that all the performances are just 100% top-notch. I know people... Accuse Reeves a lot of just being that kind of wooden, doesn't really show any emotion, but he does when given the proper context. Yeah. And just a burnout, addicted, undercover cop who's just having just a disassociation of who he is versus what he's playing is perfect for Reeves. And yeah, Winona Ryder, Woody Harrelson, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. all giving grade A performances. And it's just, it. I watched it, and I had to watch it again almost immediately after because I was just so enthralled. Yeah. It was one of those that I saw in theaters uh, whenever it came out, and I'm like, okay, my head hurts because the animation just kind of started hurting my head. Um, but then when I watched it later, I bought it on DVD or whatever, and I'm like, oh, this is a lot better than I initially thought because initially I'm like, I, I was really not liking the animation style. But then after I kind of realized that's kind of the point, yeah, is that it, it gives you that uneasy feeling, like all the way through. It kind of, it feels almost like you're floating in a boat through a lot of the movie. Yeah, what's real, what's and, not. And they play with that 100% yeah. for what it's worth. I actually really enjoyed it on repeat viewings more than I did initially watching it. Uh, and Robert Downey Jr. and uh, I can't remember the guy who played the guy that had like the bug crawl. Oh, Freck? Yeah, I can't uh, remember the actor's name, but... Rory Cochran. Yeah. And I, I genuinely really enjoyed it the more I watched it, but it's been a while since I watched it. Yeah. So. You, Tom, you seen it? I've not. I've always heard good things about it. I've uh, Well, I shouldn't say I haven't seen it. I've seen part of it, but I've not seen all of it. I've seen, like, little snippets here and there when it's been on TV. It should be still free on Voodoo. I'll definitely have to check it out then. With ads, but ooh, whatever. That whatever. Uh... And I will honestly say, if I had watched it when it initially come out, or even before this year, I don't think I would have liked it nearly as much as I do. Yeah. It, it, it sucks that I took so long to get to it, but I think the fact that I, that I watched it this late and 
with the knowledge that I have and the experiences, I think I was able to exp- appreciate it fully for what it actually is. Yeah. So that's not to say, to anybody listening, it's like you don't have to watch something that comes in, out immediately. If you catch it later and you love it, well, you caught it later. You can't, yeah. you can't be sad about the fact that you didn't watch it when it initially came out because you might not have the same mindset as when it initially came out. Yeah. All right, should we move up to three? Yep. Yep. You awake there, Tom? Oh, yeah. You sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got <laughs> So who wants to do number, number three first? You should. Oh, All right. rotation. Well, uh, this is my first fully American one. Uh, 2004 crime thriller directed by Michael Mann, Collateral. Mm. Have not watched that one. With Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise. Good movie. <laughs> I love that movie. It's, uh, so the, it's definitely not an action. It has action <laughs> moments, uh. Later on, when Vincent chases after uh, Max to get his briefcase and all that back, that that's very action. Uh, but I absolutely loved the way that Vincent, uh, Tom Cruise's character, controls Jamie Foxx's character. Yes. Like the beginning. The have you seen it, James? I have not, but I don't care if you talk about so it. So the overall idea of it is that Tom Cruise is the hitman. <laughs> Tom I need Cruise to watch this now. <laughs> hires a taxi driver. Played or named Max, uh, played by Jamie Foxx. Oh, I can see this going. He <laughs> basically is like, "Hey, if you stick with me, you know, you'll get twice your normal fare. I just need a few stops. Cool. Oh, okay. Goes and drives, do, does the first hit, and the body of the guy that he shot lands on the cab. <laughs> that's amazing. That's where you get my favorite line in the entire movie. The Holy shit, holy shit, you killed him. No, I shot him. The bullets in the fall killed him. And it's that <laughs> logic of I don't kill people. I am just the tool that makes people die. Oh, it's that it's that slight it's dissociation awesome. that, yeah. you, that you that you'd honestly have to have if you're doing that kind of job, unless you're just a psychopath. Yeah, and uh, Vincent is cold and calculating and Tom Cruise with white like silver hair, damn! Oh, I do remember. I do remember but this film, but I never he actually is watched such it. Such a scary villain. Okay. It's in your head so hard. People think of him as just a big action guy, not yeah. helped by the Mission Impossible movies, which are amazing. Even that, he's great in Mission but Impossible. But he yeah. he's a damn good actor. Yeah, and yeah. in this you get like there's a scene where Max is starting to to act out, like no man, I can't do this and. So he hand so Vincent handcuffs him to the to the um, steering wheel. <laughs> like you're gonna stay here. We still have three stops to go. You stay here. And Max starts like honking, honking the horn and all this while Vincent's up killing somebody. And a bunch of like thugs come and it's like, oh hey man, you're all like handcuffed in there, and then pulls a gun on him. And it's like, okay, we're gonna be taking your stuff. Oh god, no son of a bitch. So he takes Vincent's uh, briefcase. Oh no! And they start walking away, just as Vincent comes out. It's like, and again, it's one of my favorite lines: "Is yo, homie, that my briefcase?" <laughs> yeah. What are you gonna do about it? And then Vincent just bang, bang, bang and shoots all three of them, and then throws them in the trunk. Oh my god! <laughs> and it's That's just amazing. like, well, now you're in this. You're in this, Max. If they pull you over, there's three dead. There's three dead jabronis in your trunk, and there's nothing you can do about it. Wow, that's uh, but there's hilarious. so many damn good lines like what three like three million people die of AIDS every day and you 
and one I off one dead fat Angelina and you throw a hissy fit, you know, that kind of stuff. And like just these, he sees the bigger picture and he's like just taking out ultimately the, uh, the witness, the judge, the, the opposing lawyer and something for someone's court case. So it, it, it the humor from what I'm guessing, from what I'm hearing it's from you, super dark humor. It's, yeah. it's black humor kind of playing yeah. on the disassociation of yeah. murder. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Wow, that sounds right up my alley because that sounds yeah. hilarious. It's such a good movie. Yeah, it's uh, directed by Michael Mann. Who I, did, know, uh, I know that name. Heat and a few yeah. others. He's that's he's why. a really solid, really really solid director. But it's one of those that when I first saw, like I absolutely love the sound, the score and the soundtrack is really solid too. And I love in the opening scene, guy goes and delivers uh, Tom Cruise a package. Just like drops the briefcase off, nods to him, and takes off, and that's uh, a really early Jason Statham cameo. Yep. Wow. Yeah, and it's just the entire movie is just really well done, it really is. solid, really, really tight writing. Like the writing, just from the first page to the last one, the way Vincent manipulates Max to be there. Like he's like, okay, fine. I'm gonna just go to a go to a jazz bar. I'm gonna just get a drink. We'll pass up. Ultimately, the owner of the jazz bar is his next target. Oh, that's hilarious! And that's wonderful. He's like, I'm just gonna go. You know, I'm gonna get something to drink. I'm just gonna have a little fun. We'll lay back. We'll listen to this guy. The trumpet player is great. Can we talk to the trumpet player? And then he says something, and all of a sudden Max realizes, oh shit! Bang! Shoots him in the face. And it's like, holy crap. <laughs> like Nothing played around. Just yeah, it's just... You could just tell that it's a very well thought out, very well written thriller. That's mm-hmm. good. So, yeah. Yeah. I fully support that choice. Right. Um, Tom of Aiden. So, my number three is from 2006. Uh, well, I'm thinking of older movies, I'm noticing. <laughs> it's a Christopher Nolan film. Wow. Uh, nope. The Prestige. Nope. Nope. Well, it's not the only time that Christopher Nolan's going to be on any of these lists. Yep, uh, starring Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman, and Scarlett Johansson. Yep. <sighs> I always forget Scarlett Johansson's. List. I've seen bits and pieces of this one. I've not seen the okay. full thing. Yep. So Tom, take it so, away. So after two tragic, uh, after a tragic accident, two stage music, uh, magicians engage uh, in a battle to create the ultimate illusion, while sacrifice everything they have to outwit the uh, outwit each other. Um, so. Not knowing, uh, when I first saw this movie, not seeing where this was going, um, and it very much acts like an illusion when you're watching the film. It sets up just like seeing a stage act for an illusion um, and how it sets off. And then with the big reveal, you're sitting there going, wait, what just happened? Mind blown. Holy shit. Yeah, it's very. Wild. I know. Again, I know bits and pieces. Part of it is that I, I think I remember the twist, and it is cloning stuff. It is yeah. dark. Yeah. Cloning murder. Yeah. Cloning wow. murder and the the twin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like that. Is, it is dark because you don't because because the person going down they 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 don't um they don't live. <laughs> no, yeah. uh, and that's the thing. Like you have. Um, Christian Bale's character who is 
on the up and up. He's trying to do what he can um, because he's trying to make a life of his own. He uh, thought he was doing right by doing one thing where everything went tragically wrong. Um, and then he ends up paying the price with his partner and, at the time, best friend. Oh. Yeah. And it cost his best friend his his wife, his lover's life. Ouch. Yeah. That's a hard one. Yeah. And so then, while, yes, they're competing on stage against each other, you then have the fact that uh, Hugh Jackman is ultimately trying to bring ruin to Christian Bale. Because they used to be friends, and then his friend basically fucked over his wife. Yeah, literally caused her death. On stage. Possibly with the best intentions, but that doesn't mean shit. On stage, of all things, too. Oh, so in front of a group of people. Yep. All while trying to do a stage act. Oh, yep. I I completely understand the murder. (laughs) I completely understand the murderous rage. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he... So Hugh Jackman sets out to not only find the ultimate... Uh, act act to ruin his career, but also at every turn is trying to find a way to ruin his life, his personal life, and bring ruin to him every time. And every time, one of them is outdoing the other and beating him out until things come to a head and you realize the amount of sacrifice each one is putting in. If only they had been able to show that to each other. They're hurting each other to try to outdo. They're hurting themselves, themselves to outdo so each other so badly in order to, like, One hurt up. the other. Um, and even to a point, like Christian Bale's character even doesn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, like he wants out. He's kind of wanted out since the beginning of all of this. He's like, look, since he fucked up. Yeah, he's like, this isn't what I want. I want my wife. I w- I want a wife. I want a child. I want a life. And every time I turn around. I'm competing with you. It's preventing me from having this. Every time I step on stage, it's preventing me from having this. All I want to do is get on stage because it's the only thing I'm good at to provide a, a, a life for myself and my the family that I want to have. Yeah. Deep. And if I'm not mistaken... Um, again, I, I, ha- I have noticed that thrillers don't tend to be happy. And, and, and <laughs> no, Michael, Caine, Michael Caine oh, yeah. is also in this film. And he's the one that actually can see behind the curtain on both sides of it at times. Oh, wow. And the problem is is he can't get the others, to the other two to just, like, take a peek, guys. It's right here. Just look beyond. And they can't. And oh, it, it's loved, just very well done. I loved all the stuff with Tesla. Yes. I thought that was just a really cool, like... That was David Bowie, wasn't that? Yeah, I remember that specifically with one of the most badass entrances ever. Yeah, just yeah. walking through the lightning. Yeah, the the Tesla stuff is really cool. The really cool twist on since it's uh, set at the early 1900s, uh, late 1800s. Um, the whole idea that since Tesla's doing his thing and he's still up and coming, using his Tesla towers to try to harness electricity and not having any real understanding of how it's working, but still trying to figure it out. Mad then, science. Yeah, yeah, and using that whole mad scientist to bring that to the stage and with magic. That's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Piece. Uh, it, it, 
again, another one that's kind of been on my list, but I just haven't sat down and watched it. Maybe yeah. I will sometime soon. Yeah, I really enjoyed Prestige. So that was my number three. My number three is actually one that surprised you with my interest in it. Ex Machina. Such yeah, a good I, film. I, you were entirely surprised that I was like, that seem looks like interesting. the kind that you'd like. <laughs> it, it, and it doesn't, because essentially it's three characters and a character study. But then it goes kind of sideways. I'll be honest, it made my short list, but I removed it because I'm going to be using it for a different list. And I'm not surprised, because yep. there's like two or three that you could add it onto without yeah. any problem. But yep. I, because it starts off as just a. a a simple character study of AI. It's like, is is this actually AI? Will it respond as a human does? And then it starts going off kilter, kind of initially. It starts off just going, just going. Okay, you think we're gonna go this way? We're gonna go a little bit to the left, a little bit to the left, and then just starts going more and more left as things become more apparent that what he's, what the creator who. I know who it is. I can't think of that Oscar name. Oscar Isaac? Yeah, who's been in just a ton of shit. Star Wars and something lately, too. Yeah, something really good, too. But it's like, it's like the creator is just... It's in uh, the one about or at Eternity's Gate. Oh, yeah. I think that is what you mentioned. Total but it's like... Train wreck of a movie. He just... Inside Llewellyn Davis. Yeah, the Most just, Violent Year. Triple yeah. Frontier. Mm-hmm. And he just goes. You realize he's just sl- he's just off kilter. He's there's something fucked up with this guy. Yeah. And then as it goes deeper into that rabbit hole, of okay, what's he doing? How's he doing it? The the main the protagonist basically goes insane. Yeah, Donald Gleason kind of loses it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, you mean Bill Weasley? <laughs> just a little but, bit. No, yeah, he goes absolutely mental to the point where he start wondering: Is he actually a robot? And that whole scene was creepy. The scene where he like tries to stab himself in the eye, almost. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. That's that was weird. nuts. Yeah. And then at the end, you find out that the AI, the robot girl, is actually has has been manipulating the guy into letting her free, so she could kill her creator and go off into the real world like every other apocalyptic AI gone crazy movie ever but it was done well (laughs) and like I said I was on my seat the edge of my seat the entire time because it was just so intriguing and again one of the biggest things I remember talking to you about it is the fact that you were just so shocked that I'd be interested in something like that because I am usually the guy who prefers the uh, action but yeah that was was the biggest thing I remember between our talks about is the fact that you were just so surprised because since I'm usually I prefer action I prefer character dialogue in my books because it's harder to overact in a book than it is for a character on the screen. I've got the lowest tolerance, I think, of the three of us. It was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm not invested. You're trying too hard. Yeah, I was surprised to see that something so dialogue and character heavy is on your list. Oh, yeah, it, it's, it's easily one of my favorite. I don't really plan on watching it again unless the mythical second one comes out. Yeah, he's been working on other things. He did... The director's done a few other really good. Yeah, but I will definitely, I will definitely put it as one of my tops. It's like I kind of could guess where the end was going, but I didn't know how it was going to get there, and it was, it was a fun ride throughout. Yeah. Did you ever watch it, Tom? Yes. How did you enjoy it? I love that film. It's it's creepy and it's just. Ugh. Um, I 
watched it, and I, the primary reason why I watched it was because of having a discussion about it with Devin. Um, <laughs> yeah. I uh, saw it when it first came out, and I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah, and I wish I had. I, re- I really do wish I had. I, I wanted to see it when it was out, and um, we had actually had a discussion involving something completely different, and it was about the term Ex Machina at the time. And then he was like, hey, there's this movie coming out. And I'm like, yeah, I've heard about this. And it's got Oscar Isaacs in it. And I really want to go see it. And I, I'm like, and Domino Gleason. And I'm like, oh, my God. And, and um, Alicia Vikander. Yeah. Nobody like, knew at the time. No, and I'm like. Later. Who did a great job. Yeah. She's, she's always been really solid. Like, I, I liked her as Tomb Raider. I will say the biggest cross. thing that threw me off was the fact that how, how did, when she put on the uh, parts of the other robot, she, start, she didn't, she wasn't bulging out. She was a natural girl. Yeah, that that's the only thing that kind of stands out in my head is okay, what kind of converse, conservation of mass are you fucking doing? Yeah, yeah but uh, I didn't see it until it came out on Blu-ray and DVD, and when I first saw it, I it was after I bought it, yeah. so I was like, I'm buying this because it's so highly recommended yeah. from so many people, and um, that's I'm so glad that just, I bought it. And just that last moment where it's like. He's in the locked room. She looks towards him and then just walks off. It's like, oh, what? Oh, well, shit. (laughs) And you just know he's going to die there from uh, dehydration. Yeah, the director, uh, Alex Garland, also did Annihilation from last year. That's one I actually wanted to see, but that's a whole other. I liked it. it. It wasn't my favorite movie, though. All right, so Devin, number two. Up to number two. I'll be honest. This is the one that I'm a little surprised is not on either of your lists. Mm, okay. But let's start at the end. Um, it's uh, it's Memento. Because I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen all of it. You probably saw the ending. No, you mean the beginning? Did you see the beginning? No. Then you saw the middle. Yes. Okay, so that's the middle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine if it's not the beginning or the end. You'd say that, but considering Memento... Yeah. Uh, so it's a 2000 psychological thriller directed by Christopher Nolan, starring Guy Pearce and Joel Pantoliano, and Carrie Ann Moss. Uh, so, right away, the reason I love this movie is that it takes any traditional writing trend of, like, structure and three-act format and completely throws it out the window. The first scene is... Guy Pierce killing John G. Oh boy. <laughs> the rest Whoa. of the entire or is Guy Pierce shooting Joe Pantoliano in the face. That's a strong <laughs> opening. That is a strong the opening. The rest of the movie is him trying to figure out who John G is and Joe Pantoliano goading him on to try to kill John G. <laughs> yeah, that's a couple that's a couple movies I can think of that start with that cold mm. open and it's just always oh, the thing wait, is what? the thing is that first scene of him shooting John G in the face, yeah. they show that and then immediately show the next, what happened and it lines up like the five minutes before that and then they keep doing that all the way through the movie. The first scene is chronologically the last scene in the movie. The last scene of the movie is chronologically the first scene in the movie. So if you were if you were to cut it up between how the scenes are actually divided time wise, you could actually make the entire movie going forward. Yeah, and it would be a relatively decent. Like, yeah, it would be a decent kind of bland. I've watched that version. It's a relatively bland story, honestly. 
Uh, the main character decides I must kill someone named John G. He killed, he raped and killed my wife. And then he goes, well, his name is John. I guess his last name's G. This guy's last name, or this guy is John G. Kill him. And he keeps forgetting because he has anterior, anterograde amnesia. So he oh. cannot make new memories. That's a fun one. He remembers like a year ago previously. He's got long term. He's got no short term. Yeah. He, has, he cannot make new memories. So there'll be times where he'll be in the middle of a chase like, what am I doing here? Okay. I, oh, I must, be, I must be chasing this guy. The guy shoots at him. Nope. Not chasing that guy and then runs away. And then it goes to ultimately. That sounds amazing. You then see earlier that he starts to get chased and he's run after. And it's the the way the movie is edited, and the way the movie is written is absolutely brilliant. And it's Christopher Nolan who is hands down one of the most solid directors out there. I can't think of one that didn't that wasn't really good. Well, no, Interstellar, but Interstellar had its dog problems, but it's still a good movie. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, but. But this one's one that, from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie, the tension never lets up. It's just solid and interesting all the way through. And the, and the whole hook of him not being able to make new memories is absolutely brilliant. Because you can tell a story backwards. And have it make sense why it's being told yeah. backwards. And it's... He just doesn't remember what happened. And there's other times where he's getting flashes of his previous, like his memory from before he had an issue or a problem. So he, but he, he's doing like tattoos. So like he has like tattoos about what John G is, who John G is. And he forgets that he already had killed John G. He's already killed like five John G's. Oh no! And he just keeps finding new John G's because he forgets that he kills them. Oh no! <laughs> and it's this—the whole story is well, he's—he's he's, uh, what's the Sherlock quote? The uh, twisting facts to suit fiction instead of fiction to suit suit facts. Yeah, fact. Yeah, facts are just. Yeah, yeah I know. He's twisting his own reality in order to make it fit what he wants it to fit. Oh, because I have these tattoos yeah. to kill and John has, G. Obviously, I haven't killed John G. Yeah. And he he's never... He always forgets that he kills John G, so he doesn't have the memory of the fact that he did kill John G. And it's just... Holy crap. So, ultimately, you're following a psychopath. You're not following an avenging angel. And it's just this... That's messed up. It is such, an, such a well-made movie. And there's times where... Carrie Ann Moss's character, who kind of comes in here and there, purposely will delay telling him something so that he forgets what she just told him and then tells him something different instead. And you get like misremembering, and it's such a good movie. Wow. But it's one that you have to sit down and watch in one sitting with no disruptions because if you miss the tiniest little details, it is such a difficult movie to understand what just happened because of the editing style. Uh, I know it's in no way similar, but it almost reminds me of that one one movie, the one crap movie with Huma Thurman where the guy is, who works on secret projects, secret black projects, and then gets the memories burned out of his head. You know exactly oh, what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. Uh, it seems like they tried to capitalize on the momento kind of scheme without actually yeah, having it be that of. way. Was that like next or? I don't. I don't remember. I remember watching it and going, 
wow, this is kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, I ultimately I just think Memento is an absolutely brilliant movie. I've heard good things about it. Yeah, but like I said, I have not actually brilliant. watched it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I highly recommend Memento. So now I'll have to go on my list. Tom, you're up. All right. You're so number my number two um, is by uh, Martin Scorsese. Came out in 2010. Departed. Uh, Shutter Island. Oh, okay. Hmm. I enjoyed um, Shutter Island. Yeah, it's about a uh, U.S. Marshal in the 50s who tracks down a murderer who came from uh, an insane asylum on an island. And as he travels further down the rabbit hole, um, trying to find out who this person was and how they escaped and track down where they are, who they really were and everything like that, um, he ends up falling into his, like, well, most people's worst nightmare involving any form of, like, mental institution where if I go there and I start investigating things and I start finding out things that I probably shouldn't know, am I going to get stuck there? Yeah. <laughs> am I insane or is everyone else insane? I think yeah. It's the overall. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it makes you start questioning yourself and then... You, it, it's not even at that point so much the question of, um, am I being held here against my will or do I really belong here? Yeah. And it stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Emily Mortimer, Mark Ruffalo. Mark and, Ruffalo is in Collateral too. Yep. Ruffalo. And a host of other people. Um, and uh, when first doing this list, and I mentioned this to Devin before we started recording, that my original set of list uh, movies on my list was just like Leonardo DiCaprio movie after Leonardo DiCaprio movie after Leonardo DiCaprio movie. He's a damn good actor. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, just known for his pretty face. <laughs> well, yeah, unfortunately, to an extent, but at, like, at the same point, like... I just thought of him beach, like, rock, running around <laughs> like uh, Donkey Kong. It's like, what? <laughs> Oh, There's man. a whole thing where he starts hallucinating, like yeah. digital stuff come after him, and it's like, whoa, okay. Yep, it's true, but that's a that's a piece of work that I never want to see again. That was a messed up film. <laughs> that's the same director as Hulk. Yeah, and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Ang Lee. Yeah. Yeah, it was. That was. That explains a lot. It was a. It was a very messed up film. Good the one time I saw it, but never again. Um, There's a director <laughs> that can't decide what. What he wants to do. Yeah, but uh, no, the movie was really good. Um, the it's it's dark and creepy, and you're constantly as the viewer not knowing what's real and what's not, and it's it's just you're constantly like getting mentally bent over the table, and it's not like you don't know what's going on. Um, as it kind of should be. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's a fantastic film, and I highly recommend anybody who has not seen it to go out and see it. Um, have either of you guys? I'm sure you've. Yeah, seen I've it. seen it. Uh, I have while. not, though. It's it's Martin Scorsese with DiCaprio. I'm gonna have to take a look at it now, that was uh, a good especially movie. after seeing The Departed. Oh yeah, like <laughs> I enjoyed the hell out of that movie. Yeah, I I genuinely really liked Shutter Island. It's been a while since I've watched it, so. Yeah. Don Prime for free. It didn't make my list. Uh, There's just a so lot of other things on my list. This week. Yeah, and the costuming and the sets were just spectacular. 
Like, it totally, you get the feel of the 50s and that dark, creepy <laughs> feel that you get, that you associate with most insane asylums at that time. Everybody's got a trench coat. <laughs> Pretty much. The movie uh, Cure for Wellness kind of reminded me of it, too. Yeah. Just a not as good version of Shutter Island. Yeah, well, I mean, that was also the European version of the American Asylum. So, and it it had its own dark, it had its own skeletons in the closet to deal with. Yeah, (laughs) lizard people, anyway. Right, right, anyways. So, yeah. Nice. You're at number two. (laughs) My number two is possibly one of the most mainstream. Uh, The first Sherlock Holmes movie with Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. Uh, it's up there with uh, Mission Impossible as the most mainstream. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I, I knew I would probably have some of the most mainstream because yeah. that's tend to be what I enjoy. But it was, it, it was a fun ride. Yeah. Guy Ritchie knocked it out of the park with that one, I think, as well as just Jude Law and Robert Downey Jr. Oh yeah, just phenomenally. Mark Strong as the villain. Oh yeah, Mark Strong is amazing. Oh, um, Mark Strong. He's in Shazam. Mm-hmm. Is he? That's cool. That's yep. <laughs> that, that kind of cool. But the whole thing, what I loved about it, there's only one real piece that they don't discuss about the entirety of how... Uh, it's Blackwood, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. how Blackwood gets away with what he does. And that's how did no one find the hook to, to save him from yeah. the hanging. That's the only bit of... Yeah, because... The movie starts off with uh, Sherlock and Watson busting down a, a ritual murder for black magic. And the main villain, Mark Blackwood, who, Lord Blackwood, played by Mark Strong, is taken into custody. And then the whole thing's about how he revives himself from getting hung and basically sets upon the... Uh, the House of Lords to reshape England in his view with him as the Lord. And the whole, again, it goes back to the whole cat and mouse thing. It's like, you're given bits and pieces about how this is happening. It's less a, it's less a who done it because you know who did and more a how, how do you do it? Yeah. And you're given pretty much every single piece over the course of the film. The problem people have with it is the fact that it's not explicitly told to you. You have to, you have to, you have to deduce from everything Sherlock doing that it's like, okay, this is something. How would that actually line up? And then at the end, he tells you how it actually lines up. But if you go back, you see every single bit of information that's given to him that lines up with that, with that deduction at the end and works perfectly for it. Again, the only thing that they don't really talk about is how did no one notice the hook keeping him from getting hung. That's about it. Yeah. Everything else they answer, and the music, the soundtrack is just I, amazing. I always love Guy Ritchie's soundtracks. Yes. Like uh, King Arthur that he did. Oh, that's and another good one. King Arthur, the movie itself was pretty weak. I love the finale, and I absolutely love the movie. Or the, the, the soundtrack. soundtrack. The, the soundtrack. The music. But yeah, it's great. like Sherlock Holmes. It's got that great old timey, just slightly off thing because yeah. didn't the composer do something horrible to a piano? Yeah, to something like that. Kind of like uh, Dark Knight, razor blades on violin wire. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. 
they took yeah. something and they made it a style, and it works so good. The janky piano for the uh, for the opening song when when all of a sudden the credits are rolling, discombobulate. It is just beautiful. It's got that nice slow build up with the rinky tink, and then it just goes into bombastic, and it's amazing. Or when uh, when Watson gets blown away, and you hear just the screechy violin, uh, not in not in Blood, but in Bond. It's yeah. It's just haunting, and every bit of music is so very memorable. You hear the song, you know exactly what scene it's about. Yeah. And it, which is how movies, soundtracks kind of should be. It's like, I hear something, I know exactly what, what it's about. Yeah. I, I really do respect Guy Ritchie as a director. He does uh, amazing work. He doesn't always do it, the best work, but... Yeah, he's a solid B, B plus type director. Yeah, he'll like, sometimes punch it to an A. He'll sometimes punch it to yeah. an A. Like, he's never done a bad movie, but usually his movies are pretty damn solid, and if nothing else, they're a lot of fun to watch. Like, That's I like Game of Shadows, the second Sherlock, but I prefer the it has one. a lot of issues. Uh, I, I had some problem one. with the first Sherlock, where they they have the like calculation of a fight twice, but they don't pay it off. What one specifically are you talking the, about? The, uh... He's going to do this. He's going to do this, this fight, this this punch, this, this, this. And then they have like him deducing that. They never pay it off in the third act, which kind of bothers me. Oh, okay. They never had, they never had a third one where... But they never have a third one where it either is broken and the guy outsmarts him. Or he like takes out the bad guy with it. Like, they... Or they, they never subvert yeah. it the third time. They never yeah. have a third one to subvert or... Yeah, the, the rule of threes. They have the first two, but they don't have a third... Kind of been funny. It's like it have the have the third one have the third one being set up, and then just have Irene shoot them. Yeah, like, <laughs> like that, that would have kind of would have just been a better. Yeah. No, no, I can compl- I completely agree. They kind of bring that back in Game of Shadows where he does it to Moriarty and then just goes nope and then jumps off a cliff. Yeah, <laughs> which was I lo- what I do like about that scene is the fact you can see uh, Robert Downey Jr. has his eyes closed and the guy playing Moriarty is just freaking the fuck out. Yeah. But no, it's uh, honestly overall, I I can easily. It's another one of those ones where if I see the first Sherlock Holmes on, it's like, oh sweet, I'm not gonna change it because it's an enjoyable film. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll keep it out in the background for a bit. I like the music enough that I and I that's just turn it on. that's another main thing. I bought yeah. the, I bought the soundtrack and it's like it's yep, amazing. Yeah. All right. All right. So number ones. All right. Well, mine's not on any of your list. Uh, it's also in my top five of all time. It's a 2008 Korean revenge thriller called The Chaser. Directed by Na Hong Jin. I probably butchered that. Um, okay. So, the idea of The Chaser. The main character used to be a cop. He is now a pimp. Okay. Just wait. His girls are going missing. So, when one of them gets basically the same person that's been taking the other girls, hires another one of his girls, and he's like, well, this guy's weird. He goes to confront the guy just as the guy imprisons the girl. The entire movie is about him trying to get proof that this guy is the murderer when we all know that this guy's the murderer. And he knows this guy's the murderer. He just needs proof. Yeah, it's a game-proving evidence, yeah. basically, at one point, he tricks the guy into, like... He 
tricks the the killer into crashing into him, and then like goes up. It's like, hey, uh, you know, why don't we just swap inform swap information, whatever? And then he pulls out a phone to call, quote unquote, his in his uh, insurance guy. But he calls the girl's phone, and it starts ringing in the guy's car, and the guy just freaks out and starts running, and it's like the this kind of somewhat out of shape pimp going after this absolutely insane serial killer and it's just this unbelievably tense like hyper tense uh thriller where it has been out for 11 years now but they end up arresting the serial killer okay and they can only hold him for so long so the pimp's now trying to find any information, try to find the guy's house, try to find the girl, any kind of evidence, and he can't. So they let the serial killer go because they have no evidence. The serial killer goes back home, kills the girl, kills another person, and then the pimp finally finds him. And it's just this, like, you think it's going one way, but it goes a completely different direction. And it is such a damn well-made movie and it has been in my top five movies up there with scott pilgrim from last year last week it's been it's been in my top for 11 years now it sounds very interesting it is Doesn't such such a brutal such a a visceral movie does not sound like a movie I, i'm going to watch no, but it definitely it sounds interesting. so damn good it sounds so like they're so mean to main character. <laughs> they are super mean to main characters. It's like Old Boy, which I don't think Old Boy has made either of your lists, but no, no. it was on my short list. I also have a problem with that because I think it's kind of shit. Or I should The original say. Old Boy is actually really well done. No, no, I'm talking about the original Old Boy. But I really I was like, like the original I should Boy. say a certain aspect of it are yeah. overblown and people yeah. pr- put too much praise on them. I think Specifically the hallway scene. But yeah. I think Chaser is just one of those that is shot for very cheap, very low budget, very much like they just wanted to make a movie and it shows. It's like a passion project for the director and it is such a such a brilliant movie. That is not a bad thing. Though. So yeah, it's such a brilliant movie that is super underrated and I wish anyone knew about this movie. Much like about Ellie that I said earlier. It's just such a brilliant movie. Yeah. If you can, if we continue to do this and you continue to follow, you're gonna find that a lot with Devin. Yeah, <laughs> he's I have, gonna be the weird ones. I have I go to a film festival every every year that I try to see as many movies as I can over the course of the week, and this was one that was a midnight movie that I was like, I'm super into this, and I was riveted. After watching five movies during the day and a midnight movie, I was absolutely engrossed in this movie all the way through. So that says a lot. Yeah, it's called the Chaser. There's a I can't even pronounce the the Korean name. It's like Chigoya or something, but but it is a unbelievably well made um, thriller. So hmm. yeah, Tommy. All right. So my number one uh, comes from twenty years ago. <laughs> okay. So the spoiler uh, warning is off. Right. <laughs> uh, stars Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, and Todd Field. Directed by Stanley Kubrick. Oh. Eyes wide shut. Oh, okay. Um, the Orgy movie, got it. <laughs> yeah, uh, in this film, Tom Cruise plays a doctor who does house calls, um, who <laughs> ends up getting called in to 
a uh, party that takes him down a rabbit hole that he probably shouldn't have gone down uh, because to his curiosity. Holes. Yeah, to a lot of rabbit holes. Uh, How deep is the rabbit hole? Which one? Depends on which, which hole you're looking at. Yeah. <laughs> um, and which rabbit. Some of them uh, have a cervix. <laughs> it's true. Um, and uh, he his curiosity gets to the better of him, probably, um, which isn't a, necessarily a good thing, after finding out some things about his wife that he probably never wanted to know before um, because it's rather painful for him um, and uh, disturbs his everyday life um, from what he thought it was. Um and the leaving the obvious amounts, large amounts of sex that are in the film out of it. Um, Hard to do. We got there about is a lot of, of weird sex in that movie. <laughs> there we got about ten minutes left in movie. A lot of weird CG that nobody realizes is just there, so they can keep the sex in. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's two hours and thirty nine minutes of um, figuring out ways to shoehorn sex scenes in. Basically, um, and weird thing and weird. It's your favorite thriller of all time. Uh, no. Um, well, it's it made my list as number one just because of the fact that it brings in the whole idea of like this weird niche secret society amongst the New York elite. It's an interesting thing because it it requires like a costume and like everything to hide your identity to get in and. It's only supposed to be through invitation, and uh, once you're in, you're, like, in, in, um, unless you figure out a way of, like, double-crossing or causing harm to the people who are, like, already in the group, and if you don't adhere to their strict rules, then, like, they destroy you type thing. So it's the whole seek a ball bullshit. Yeah, yeah and also tends to pop up in Japanese movies. Yeah, and the True. the thing is, it's like all of this is stuff. like all of this is like broiling just underneath the surface of everyday life in like upstate New York. Okay, yeah, so the was, elite. It was a really well done movie. It was, it's, and it's one of Kubrick's better movies. Yeah, and the cool thing is, is like the way Kubrick. that they have this like constant like. Uh, back and forth between light and dark throughout the film is also really intriguing. Um, and it's th- this... Tom Cruise is very much struggling to with that own inner light and dark mm-hmm. and trying to make the right decisions for the right reasons and even just trying to find that baseline normalcy again within his own life. And it, it's just a really cool movie. I really like it. So... It's obvious from the way you're talking about it. Last one. My number one could easily be classified in at least two other categories I can think of off the top of my head. But again, everyone has their own interpretation of thriller, which is a bit ambiguous. Yeah. And I found the whodunit aspect of Pandorum the most interesting wow. part. Uh, yeah, you, didn't, you weren't expecting that one, nope, were you? Not what I was expecting, but I could see it. That's a thriller. Wow. It yeah. is. That's like a sci-fi horror thriller, yeah. It is. It is a sci-fi horror thriller, and is the horror horrific? Absolutely. But it honestly takes a bit of a backseat to both the sci-fi aspect and the thriller of 
how the shit did we get into this situation? Yeah. It was such a good movie. It was, and not too many people saw it, which is a shame. Yeah. Well, I can't say much. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and I know comparing comparing the 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 two to your, the Pandora to your shit is like not even in the same ballpark. <laughs> it's in the same ballpark. I'm guessing that some of mine are probably on the same par with people that went and saw Pandora in the theaters. But it's got I can never remember the guy uh, the the main guy's name. It's Ben something. Oh, Ben Foster. Yeah. Ben, thank you, thank you, Tom. Oh. Ben Foster, Dennis Quaid. I was thinking Quaid, yeah. Yeah, Dennis Quaid. Yeah, Ben Foster, Dennis Quaid, and I can't remember the other guy or the woman. Well, two other guys. I don't remember. But it's got like a cast of five people, six technically. <laughs> but it's got such a small cast. But it's just so very well Excuse done. Wait for my special mention that I want to mention. <laughs> but it uh, you they start off with Ben Foster and Dennis Quaid. Waking up with no memory from uh, basically deep freeze, like in Aliens. Yeah. Because it's a rotation of the, 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 the spaceship they're on is coming from Earth with a bunch of... It's a Noah's Ark. It's basically Noah's Ark. Or Titan A, Passengers. if you ever watched it. <laughs> it's like they're going to a new planet, finding a new planet for the humans because, well, we're screwing everything up. And it's a rotation they're... of crew every two years, I want to say, to make sure that everyone... like. Everyone can get through it while they're still kind of young. Yeah. <laughs> and Ben Foster and Dennis Quaid wake up on this new rotation, again, with absolutely no memories. It's why the other crew kind of like wakes them up and it's like, okay, here's kind of everything that's going on, I think. Because everyone that it's wakes been a while up from. I've watched it. So. Yeah. But then it's a dark ship, nothing's going on, the computers aren't working, and something seems to be just broken with it. And they find out that the uh, the nuclear reactor is going to go critical within, like, the day. Like, ten hours or some shit like that. Or, like, a day or two. And so they have to figure out what the hell is going on with this. And so uh, Ben Foster, the younger of the two, goes out with a riot thing. Like, just, just shoots kinetic energy and one of the best things that draw one of the things that draws me to it is the fact that when they're not in a safe place that's locked away from the outside, basically in the darkened hallways, they will whisper. Yeah. Unlike any other movie that I can think of off the top of my head. They're not yelling, they're not speaking normally to each other, they're not yelling down, hey, what's going on? No, they are whispering to each other because they don't know what the shit's going on. I've yeah. seen something lately that had that as a like, one character started talking, the other one was like, what the hell are you doing? No, what the fuck? Whisper. Yeah, and yeah. it's one of the things that drew me so much to it. It's like, oh my god, they're being smart. I yeah. love this. And uh, it's, also got a, it's also got a small cameo by Norman Reedus. Yes. Who oh, then yeah. gets his shit kicked in. Or rather, yeah. his shit ripped out. It was, it was a mimic that they're trying to be quiet, and they're, they're like doing that. Norman Reedus actually has a cameo on that, too. But yeah, he... he, he, he Norman Reedus, like, he ain't saying shit to Foster. It's like, because he's asking, what's going on? It's like, shut up, man, I'll hear you. And it's like covering himself in oil and all that sort of shit. And then you find these mutated things that string up Reedus and then basically rip him apart. And yeah. it's absolutely horrific. Yeah. And then that's kind of like, it's almost like the first alien where it's like, they're kind of there, but they show up almost when they need to. 
And so, again, what I loved about the whole movie is that all the characters, the doctor, the doctor woman, whose name I can't remember. Um, Nadia is her Nadia. name. Nadia, yeah, that's it. But, uh, like, her and then the, the other guy who doesn't speak a lick of English, man. man. Yeah. <laughs> Played by Kung Lee. He's, <laughs> but, yeah, like, they're all, they're all being very smart about how they go about this to the point where they get one of the creatures down, all three of them just start stabbing it over and over again until it dies. And then they see another one on top of a pile. They don't do anything. They just say, like, a boss's character just goes, run, and they book it. It's all very well done. And Dennis Quaid is off by himself, but then gets another character, another another Gallo. crew member. Yeah. And then it goes to the weird. <laughs> because then it turns out that he's actually the younger version of Quaid. And Quaid's gone oh, fucking yeah. mental. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's gone absolutely yeah. mental. And the end of the thing basically goes that it they'd actually been on the planet they were searching for for about a couple thousand years. Yeah. But because Quaid went schizo, uh he basically just didn't do anything. And so and the mutated things that you see are actually generations of humanity that have adapted to being this derelict, broken-down ship. Yeah. And it's just... It's such a fun... It's a, it's a fun, scary ride. But like I said, the horror and the sci-fi are definitely there, but I think the thriller aspect of how yeah, they got in this I, situation... I could say and, this is a thriller. And then the, the, the interactions between uh, Quaid and, the other, and, and his younger personality really drive it's like okay what the hell is going on here and then all of a sudden they're fighting and then they're, you see the arms kind of blurring together and then it becomes it's actually Quaid's arm it's like oh oh no oh this is bad because yeah. he regains all his memories and realizes oh okay I'm going crazy now <laughs> and yeah. it's just so beautifully done yeah, yeah so, I really like the movie um, it's been a, it's been probably what 10 years yeah or I think so it was like 2008 it. yeah it's yeah, 2009. Yeah, it's been 10 years since I've seen it. I saw it when it came out on DVD. Yeah. I saw I, it maybe once, maybe twice. I got it, and I'll still occasionally pop it on because I just, I enjoy the movie. I yeah. saw it when it first came out on HBO, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. I wanted to see this in mm-hmm. the theaters and never got a chance to. Yeah. So that was our top fives. My, my top five was number five, Girl the Dragon Tattoo, both the American and the Swedish version. Number four, About Ellie. Number three, Collateral. Number two, Memento. And number one, The Chaser. Uh, my number five was Rear Window. Number four, Leon the Professional. Number three, The Prestige. Number two, Shutter Island. Number one, Eyes Wide Shut. And mine is uh, Mission Impossible, A Scanner Darkly, uh, Ex Machina, Sherlock Holmes, and Pandorum. Cool. Uh, one movie I wanted to quickly talk about and it's one that I I had on my list instead of about Ellie for the longest time but I've only seen it a few times and it's came out about six months ago it's called The Guilty oh that one Uh, that is on my list it's one that I wanted to mention because it's it just came out on Vudu just came out on digital streaming yep Um, it's about a police officer a police officer assigned alarm dispatch duty uh, gets a call from someone who is currently being kidnapped and doesn't give him any... It's a, it's a Danish film uh, from Denmark. 
uh, starring what's this guy's name? Jacob Cedargren, who I've never seen before. I've never heard of anyone in this movie, and it's basically just this dude on a on a phone for two hours. <laughs> yeah, it's hour twenty-five, about hour and a half, and he's sitting on a phone talking to people like he never gets up from his desk and it is one of the most tense movies I have ever seen because it's him like listening to the cops show up like pull over a car he thinks has a gun inside of it and it's like him listening in as the rain is pounding and they're getting out of the car and he's listening through their radio waiting for gunshots to happen it's him obsessively trying to find the girl that's being kidnapped and it's all the story how it how it devolves out and it's just an absolutely brilliant story but I wanted to mention it because while it didn't make my top five at the end it is one of the best thrillers I've ever seen and it takes place at a desk in an office I remember you raving about it when, it it, is when you first watched it such a brilliant it. movie and from everything you've told me which is more than we've said here yeah. for obvious reasons yeah. but it sounds Amazing! I you mentioned it being on Voodoo. That I actually saw that on Voodoo. I was yeah. like, "Oh, hey, cool! I remember that from Devin saying." So. Yeah, it is. It is by far one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. It's just it was too new for me to to put on my list. Yeah, it, it was. You haven't seen yeah. it enough in life. It, it hasn't. Percolate. Yeah, it hasn't percolated. It, it's. It was great. I just I wanted to at least mention it. Uh, it's called The Guilty. Movie from Denmark, uh, 2018 film. Absolutely, absolutely brilliant. So, I wanted to say that before we jump into honorable mentions, of which we've all got quite a few. So, why will we limit? I have those? a list of thirty. Um, I did <laughs> four or five. I already like mentioned that. Disturbia. Uh, I love Disturbia. I just think it's a fun, a fun take on Rear Window. But I'll move one of my others up from my my list here. <laughs> you yeah. want to just run down like four or five? Yeah, I have five. Uh, one I'm, I'm surprised nobody actually put it up there. I kind of get the feeling it was one that was like almost on everyone's list is Seven. I haven't seen it. I love Seven. I, it was really seven, good. I, it was great. I'm uh, going to see it, but I have not another seen David it. Fincher, I believe. Same as uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo remake. Which explains why you said something about him being possibly on other lists. Yeah, right. it, okay. it's one of those that I, I absolutely love Seven. I think it's just a, a very well-written uh, crime mystery thriller. So. All right. Um, real quick, the one that I wanted to mention that I had on a list, um, but I don't know if it'll ever make anything else, um, is, uh, Road to Perdition. Oh, um, yeah. That could have been on, um, comic book. It could have been, but, uh... It's based on a damn comic book. Yes, it is. Uh, Road to Perdition with Tom Hanks, um... It, it, it's just really well done. Uh, I love the mob... Uh, enforcer's son witnessing a murder and just you know you don't know what's going to end up happening from minute to minute throughout the film it's just a really really well done film alright so James uh, one of the ones that I have on here <laughs> might surprise people who framed Roger Rabbit yeah that's that it's right in the, right, right in the thriller, name yeah. it's right yeah. in the name it People remember it huh. for being a comedy, and it was a damn good comedy. Yeah, it's it's a. It also was up for best animated feature, which was like what? Okay, but it was really good, especially for the yeah. time. Yeah, but it's 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 right there in the name. Who framed Roger Rabbit? You're 
your your yeah, main it's character like a, it's a is Eddie Valiant, yeah. who's a detective trying to find out who framed Roger Rabbit, who killed who uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but it's like who killed the main guy, who who killed the uh, the yeah. animated guy. I can't remember. Though. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember. Yeah. But it's like, and it's just so good, especially. It's, uh, uh, it's Christopher Lloyd, isn't it? I believe so. Might have been. That sounds about right. I did uh, Forrest Gump, I think. Yeah, it sounds about yeah. right. But it's like Christopher Lloyd's in it, and he's a treasure. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, it's it's well way more well known for being a comedy, but it is a film noir detective thriller. Yeah, yeah, it is definitely a film noir film noir co- animated comedy kind of thing. So. Which will probably be when we do comedies, it might pop up on there depending. Sir. Okay, Devin, another one? Uh, uh, let's see. I'll say Secret in Their Eyes. The Argent- It's an Argentinian murder mystery. Uh, it has had an American remake, which is absolutely terrible. But Screw you and your foreign films, I swear I, to God. I watch foreign films, what can I say? Uh, Secret in Their Eyes is a mystery thriller. Uh, I won't say much else about the actual like thriller part of it. One, because I don't remember it as much as I want to, but... One of the be- it has one of the single best shots I've ever seen in a film where I honestly have no idea how they did the shot, but the camera, it's set in a soccer field. The camera actually comes from outside of the soccer stadium down through the soccer players and right up to the actor and then follows the actor through a chase scene. Oh, I had to and tell. I'm sure there's a cut in there somewhere, but it is one of the most brilliant camera shots I've ever seen. Because it follows them through the crowd in this busy, like, soccer game, down into the concourse, and then chase through the concourse, into the bathrooms, out of the bathrooms, out a window, and then down the street. It's like, oh my god. This is so, so well done. But the overall movie was absolutely wonderfully made. All right, Tom? Um... So, uh, another one that I had on my list, and I know it's it's kind of different. Jaws. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. I could see it. Yeah, um, I can see Jaws. It wasn't quite a horror movie, but it it's definitely it, it started it's that block. It goes into the monster movie. It goes into that yeah. monster, but there it might be something we do. You're later. constantly on edge of getting into that whole idea of here's this trigger. You have the understanding something's coming with this uh, um, with a sound cue of the dun dun and dun It's a constant brilliant. Russian roulette. Dun, dun, yeah. dun, John dun, Williams did a great job with that score. It's, yes. it's a giant Russian roulette because you never know which chamber is actually going to be filled with the bullet. Yeah, yeah, and you never know. Where's the shark coming? When's yeah, the shark fine. coming? Are we getting a real shark? Are we getting a fake looking shark? I mean, yeah, and then you also damn, never know is the shark actually going to strike? Or is it just going to do one of those quick run and smack uh, to let you know it's still there and then run off again yeah. Yeah. moments? And the whole thing is only because they couldn't get the shark model yeah. to actually work for the first, like, Yeah, which made it, it. made it such a better movie not showing the shark. Absolutely. Yeah. It, Unlike they, the Meg that just they, shows way too much shark. They tripped into awesome. That's basically what <laughs> yeah. happens. Like, they had they had a restriction. That's Oak where Ryan, Spielberg took Shots. over. <laughs> Spielberg... Is he's doing weird stuff nowadays, trying to get the whole Netflix not Oscar contender, but he is an absolutely brilliant director. Oh and yeah, it I will shows, not. and especially in his early movies when he didn't have the budget that he has now. Where he had, we yeah. had to be restricted. It's yeah. like, okay, what can I do with this? Yeah, let's try this. Yeah. But uh, for me, 
I know this is going to be on neither of yours. Uh, the Sixth Day. The uh, or, Spiel, or, uh, Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a thriller. <laughs> it is a thriller. It freaked the shit out of me when I was a kid. It's a that I, ended I, creepy. I hated yeah. the like real dolls that they collect throughout that movie. God, those <laughs> things freak me out. Yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. god. But no, it's like the whole thing is very actually interesting. Yeah, it's a very well done sci-fi thriller. And it basically goes on the premise of how do you know you're you? Yeah. And I, I very much liked it. <laughs> yeah. Spinning top. <laughs> It'll eventually stop spinning. <laughs> uh, the the next one I want to mention is. Uh, it's from like 10 years ago it's a German film called Lives of Others I'm sure this will be the last round of curiosity just yeah. three yeah I have one more that I just want to mention because I think it's a brilliant movie but I'll just quickly run down a bunch of extra just in case anyone wants to watch them but Lives of Others is about the uh, east and west Berlin uh, the monitoring of the other side and it's a guy that's listening to who he thinks is a agent to the other side and it's um like him surveilling and learning this guy and then kind of becoming obsessed with this guy's life and just a really well done character study of the guy that walk, that listens to somebody else's life. So it's just a very well done uh, like Cold War era sounds German. Similar the, sounds similar to the Guilty, kind of. Very similar, but it, it goes, it's the guy listening to everything that's happening in this person's life, but it's also showing this person's life, so... Okay, that's why I said it sounds similar. It's like it's a yeah. surveillance kind of thing. Yeah, it's a very well done, very tense movie because you always are wondering if he's going to get caught or, yeah. So it's just a very well done movie. Um, the last one I'm going to mention is Minority Report. Yep, <laughs> I purposely didn't put that on there because that's going to be number one in a different list. Um, and a re- again, this is why it made honorable mention. Yeah, is because again I felt that it would be on a different list, mm. but it's it. It Such was a good movie. Yeah. It was, and we will talk more when we probably get to that list. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Leaving it at that, it, just Tom Cruise doing his thing. Tom Cruise. It's hard to find a Tom Cruise movie where Tom Cruise is at least enjoyable. Yeah. That and like, he puts his A game in. There's some movies I don't like with him. Like some of his early stuff, I just don't like. But he is one of those actors that he may be batshit insane, but he's, he's a, a damn good actor. He picks his movies perfectly. Oh yeah, he, he like, knows what he's gonna do. He's a he's one of those actors that I have unbelievable respect for, mm-hmm. even if he is absolutely insane. Yeah, there's one or two I don't think he's the best pick for. No, but that's not, all, not that's not uh, that's care. not against that's not against yeah. Tom Cruise's ability. It's just yeah, that, like Mommy, he was a little bit miscast, but I don't really mind. Well, I didn't know, but I'm not talking about that one. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Reacher films. Yeah, I, I read the I book. I still thought he was good, though. I read yeah. the book, and that's the one. This is one of the few times where I I can't disconnect myself from the book. Where Reacher is a six foot four uh, behemoth of a of ex military. Yeah, I still think I still enjoy the movies just I'm, because of him. So. I might still watch them if it but, wasn't Reacher. It would just be a, a good but, movie, and I love the exactly the other score. the other reason why I really like Minor- Minority Report besides uh, Tom Cruise's acting is Colin Farrell. Oh, it's the Oh shit! As the that's kind right of wormy, yeah, the opposite government time. agent guy. Oh my god, I forgot about that. He's the foil. We'll we'll get into Minority Report. Yeah, I'm guaranteeing you when we do sci-fi, it will be my number one or my number two. It's gonna be up there. Yeah. It Not will be so. up there. Not surprising. Uh, 
after this, let's talk about why we're holding off on putting certain movies on certain lists because I don't think yeah. we mentioned that. So yeah, last uh, the last uh, the last one I'm going to mention is again kind of in that similar action of uh, Mission Impossible: Born Identity. Oh yeah. Yep. It's that the first it's a, one. It's a spy thriller. Yeah. The, the first one is definitely a spy thriller. He wakes up in the ocean with amnesia yeah. and has to figure yeah. out who and what the everything shit after he was the doing. first one I say is just pure action. Absolutely, yeah. again, yeah. very similar Doug to Lyman. Mission Impossible. Hey, Edge Tomorrow may or may not be in my sci-fi as well. But yeah, it's a very similar, very similar to uh, to Mission Impossible, and that that first one, it's a giant game. The first one definitely has a different feeling. Yes, to it does. The second, third, and. On. Yeah. Once Greengrass took over, it got more actiony, and I liked it. It's like he's that person. Uh, what would you do if you if you knew your body could do all this sort of stuff, but you didn't know why? Because every I time I just watched that movie again, because every time he uh, every time uh, Damon does something, you're a berserker. What? <laughs> but like you're every right. time every time Damon does something like physically kind of really cool. For like the first half of the movie, he's kind of got that oh what well what the hell happened uh, face afterwards. Yeah. The the one I can think of the best is when he uh, when he's woken up on the bench with, with, by the two cops, mm-hmm. and he's going to go and he just takes them the fuck out. Doesn't someone kinda, try like, hitting him with a baton and he just catches the baton like what? I think that starts it and then yeah. he just he just yeah. fucks him up and then afterwards he's like whoa, whoa what happened what oh my god I'm so sorry but you're I, I can't stop now I gotta run now. Bye. Yeah, it, hope I you feel better. I just realized how close uh, Born Identity and Alita Battle Angel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Alita Battle Angel, she wakes up in a, a trash, or she's found in a trash pile, is then given a body, and now has muscle memory. <laughs> kind of similar, but I really do enjoy uh, Born Identity. Yeah, it, I like two and three. I, I thought two and three, and there's there are scenes in I think three. In the train station, that is... Oh, ooh, man. They are not... Two and three are good. The editing gets a little annoying, the camera work. But. Yes, it can, but I will I will 100% go down in flames for... I will die on this hill. The fact that three is a good good showcase of how jittery cam, the shaky yeah. cam, can work. It, it does definitely work, but it's still kind of a headache to watch. It is. I will so. not argue that. I'm just saying I think that's a perfect showcase of how, if done properly, it can work and convey what you need to do. So I'm going to quickly run down, because I have a whole list here. Uh, not all of them are going to stay when I list them, but one that I want to mention is 10 Cloverfield Lane. I wanted to watch it was, that. It's one of those movies yeah, that when I first saw it, I'm like, meh, because I wanted it to be a sequel to Cloverfield, which I just personally really enjoyed. It wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be and in that universe set, at all. It might not even be set in the same world. It's not. It wasn't and meant to be. While the movie does kind of collapse at the end, it, it has some weird... They tried to tie it in a little bit too much near the end of the movie. The bulk of the movie is awesome. Like the Goodman sounded terrifying in the Goodman, trailers. Goodman, uh, oh, I keep wanting to call him Jim Halpert, but Good- John Krasinski. No, uh, character from Newsroom. Uh, oh, matter on top. Um, John Goodman, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and the guy that guy that's in Newsroom. The three of them, their dichotomy is great. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead and uh, John Goodman play off of each other so damn well. John Gallagher. Junior. Gallagher. Yeah. Uh, they're just brilliant. Uh, the other ones I want to mention are Split from a couple years ago, uh, uh-huh. just because I think that's a brilliant... I love the character of Kevin. Nightcrawler from 2014 Yeah, with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, who is super underrated. 
Red Eye with Killian Murphy and Rachel McAdams. Oh, he's great. I love that movie. It's one of those that, like, when I started thinking about it, I'm like, how is that not in my top five? But I absolutely love Red Eye. movie called Blue Ruin, which is a super tense uh, revenge thriller from, like, five, six years ago. Uh, another Argentinian film called At the End of the Tunnel about a guy who's paraple- or he's yeah paraplegic but he hears people tunneling underneath his house to break, break into the bank next to him. Oh no. What and do you do at that point? The guy is like a good Samaritan so starts foiling their plans. Like he can't use his legs but he like will crawl through the tunnel to fuck with the people's plans. What? He kept McAllister's it? They're breaking in from the house next to him to the bank on the other side. Oh my like God. the apartment buildings and he is already kind of a snoop and he's like well what's going on and he he finds out that they're like planning on blowing it and then then framing him so he's like oh okay oh no well, that i'm makes, gonna mess with them that makes and it's sense. then they send a girl into his house to try to distract him <laughs> and he ends up like knowing that's what's going on and distracting her and it's just such a brilliant and well-made movie what was the i love it again uh, it's called at the end of the tunnel I'm, I actually might have to watch it's this. Such a, it's such a good movie. It sounds like almost an adult uh, sounds home. Like, home. Sounds like we're going to have a movie today. This is what it sounds yeah. like. At this rate. That yeah. one's really good. Uh, then I have another, uh, I think it's, it's either Chinese or Korean. Uh, oh, surprise. The Man from Nowhere. It's another I've heard of that thriller. one. I've heard of that one. Super brutal, super violent, very well done. Uh, Coherence, which I have mentioned multiple times, will be making an appearance on a different different list, so I won't say much more. Prisoners, uh, same director as Arrival. Mm-hmm. Raw, which will be on next week's list, I'm guaranteeing you. Old Boy, the original. Green Room, which... I wanted to see. Uh, one of Anton Yelchin's best movies and one of Patrick Stewart's best movie. He plays a neo-Nazi. Looper, uh, Bruce Willis, and um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Hannah, Saoirse Ronan, yep. is the the kid bred to be a to be a super spy type thing. Really well done. I can't stand any of the stuff from the new TV show coming out. Inside Man by Spike Lee. Inside Man, awesome. is a good movie. I love that movie. Uh, Secret Window. Yes. With uh, it almost made my Johnny list. Johnny Depp and John Turturro and John yeah John Turturro and I think Maria Bello. I think. Yeah. It's just one of those movies that is underrated. I never hear anyone talking about it, but yep. I loved it. The original Battle Royale made this kind of short list, but man, is that a really flawed movie. Yeah. I just think it's a really... I love the book and the... The original Hunger Games movie, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the book is phenomenal. The book... Battle Royale, the book, is the best out of any of these kind of Battle Royale style. And then also the French uh, Harlan Coben book turned movie called Tell No One. Just a really one movie. more that was real quick on my short list that I think really deserves to be mentioned The Recruit oh yeah with Colin like Farrell it. and uh, Al Pacino yep. um, fantastic film um, oh, and you re- Man on Fire could have been up there too yeah and you never really know what's going to happen till the very end so alright so why don't you explain right. why we're why we're holding off for other things. So we started. Uh, we did what animated first. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, animated first, and we're like, oh yeah, you know, animated. Why not? Uh, and then we did comic book, and luckily none of us doubled up. And then we did thriller this week. And I kind of realized about halfway through the week, I'm like, 
what if we anything that's in our top five, top six this week with the two dragon tattoos for me. But anything in our top five we cannot use on any previous or any future list. Personally. So like if you had used Minority Report this week, you cannot use it for sci-fi when we do that in a few weeks. So anything that has been in your top five for any previous week cannot be used in the future. One, to kind of diversify our lists. That way... We're actually to think about it. If we have an action movie, I cannot say my favorite movie of all time. It's Scott Pilgrim. I have to come up with something else, like say Baby Driver. You know, you get the idea. Uh, I can't say... You know, I can't... We can't say Infinity War for sci-fi as well. I'm not going to be able to use Pandorum for horror. Yeah, you can't use Pandorum for horror. Even though it's Pandorum for sci-fi. Even though people mostly think about them as a a horror film. For me, it's more thriller. We'll be able to... Like, I'd say kind of what I did with Guilty here. You say it as a special mention at at the end. Mm -hmm. Say, I can't use it, but I do think this is one of the best horrors. And it also, like like you say, it diversifies us, but it also kind of makes us think... What aspect of this movie actually speaks the most to me? Yeah. Like I said, I, I always think it's... Uh, Pandorum is one of my top... I'm just going to say this. Top four, uh, top four uh, sci-fi horror movies I think everyone should see, like as yeah. a matter of fact, with a couple other ones. But I had to think about it for this. It's like, you know, I as much as it is a horror, I kind of like the thriller, the whodunit, how we get in this situation aspect yeah. of it way more. Yeah. But that's not yeah. what people generally think of it. It's kind of like when you uh, think about horror, or not horror, uh, thrillers. Like, you really, if you want to do a, a study on what thrillers are all about, watch Hitchcock. Yeah. Uh, he's the master of thrillers. Oh, yeah. Um, but, no, uh, so going forward with this. Uh, we can't double up on anything. Well, we can't double, again, kind of we can double up on each other's lists. Like, yeah. if you had something that I wanted to use for one of my future lists. I could do that. We won't talk as much about it when we get to it. Right. But yeah. Yeah. So it's like we have that. We have the no, no repeating ourselves and one to a franchise. Yeah. Because like, if we're picking one. Marvel itself, help. that's its own franchise, but you can't say Thor 1, Thor 2, and Thor 3 in the same list. Yeah. Yeah. Just to try to limit, like, the hypothetically, I don't think it's much of a, a secret now since anyone still listening has caught on. We're doing horror next week for a reason. If I really loved three of the Halloween movies, which I, I do. I really do love two of them. I'm only saying one. I'm not saying Halloween 1, Halloween 2, Halloween 3. Season of the Witch. No. Um, you, one per franchise. If you have multiple in the same franchise, kind of like what I did with Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, you could say them in the same, same slot. Just yeah. don't have multiple to the same series. Right. That's just boring. Don't say Saw 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> Saw 1 through 5. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Like, don't be like that. Because, yeah, honestly, if, if you pick one of them, I, I think I might have said this before with the animated ones, if you pick one, it's a lot of what you liked in the in the one you picked is going to be present yeah, like in the Toy other Story. ones. Yeah. Like, it just it just explores different aspects of what you liked about the one you picked. Yeah. Yep. So, going forward, each week we can only have... You can potentially, if you like... If you have different weeks and you want to say a different movie from the same franchise you said earlier, that's probably fine. But <coughs> we'll figure that out as we go forward. Yeah. But don't say multiples of the same franchise in a week. Honorable mentions are separate. Sure. Honorable mentions are like 
here's other things I just wanted to put on my list and see other people watch. Yeah, well, we'll try to probably limit those to about three or four. Yeah, I just, this week was hard for me because I came up with such a diverse thing and I didn't want to double up on anything. You instantly shed out like 30. In the future, what we might suggest doing is maybe like having stuff typed up in like a comment area that people can view. Yeah. Either way. But yeah, so it's like Um, no, no, no repeating anything they said in the previous set of five and no no doubling up on a franchise in a week i think that's pretty easy yeah yep so since we're running out of time it's at that time that we're running out <laughs> uh next week jordan peele's us is coming out yep that's i am about curious it. about that i'm one. definitely going to see it on thursday when it comes out yep i'm uh, going to see it friday which then for next week's show horror movies top five horror movies Strictly horror movies. Not thrillers that can kind of be horror movies. They are <laughs> billed as horror movies. They can be monster movies, slasher movies. Yeah, I that, that one's going to be kind of easy. It's going to be tough for me because I don't watch a lot of horror movies. But I already know like five or six of them. Two of them are on my list here that I didn't mention. So. Yeah, I, I think me and Tom are going to have a bit of an easier time on that one. Yeah, yeah mine's oh, going to be Okay, you're making that noise. Tricky. About hazard to know then. It's going to be one of our least, like, here's all the other movies we like, because I don't think many of us watch horror movies. I don't, because I, I will say this. I hate the reliance nowadays on the jump or Jump scares annoy the hell out of me. So scare chords are annoying. You're going to find that with mine, mine are going to be very much in the same vein, because it's a type of horror that I like. And that's perfectly fine. If, if I see a horror film. <laughs> <laughs> Big if. Big if. <laughs> Thanks, Blumhouse. Yep. It's well, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine are going to... I'm going to be delving into my film fest because those are the kind of the ones that I gravitate to, the ones that are not specifically straight-up jump scare horror. Also, I have mentioned my number one about five times throughout the past three weeks, so that won't be a big, big thing. It'll be on Tom's list. So there's going to be overlap next week, and it should be a shorter episode for that. So... Anyway, any last words before I do the closing? Not that I can think of. Nope. Cool. Let's get out there and watch movies. Yeah, go see movies. Uh, My name is Devin. I'm Tom. James. And this has been yet another week of talking about movies and mumbling and coughing into the microphone and all that kind of awesome stuff. I hope you have a nice week. Uh, Go see Captain Marvel. Uh, Go see either Captive State or Wonder Park if you really want to suffer through a movie there. (laughs) And we Ouch. will. I'm sorry. Should I should I pull my punches against a, a movie that looks like garbage? I didn't say that. I just said ouch. <laughs> okay. And we'll be back next week with yet another week of talking about movies and pretending we're important. Nope. Have a nice week.